Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, not tonight, but today, the Smashing Pumpkins, Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. Great song, great album. 6.03 on your Thursday morning here in New York City. If my partner Bernard was here, and hopefully he'll be back on Monday, he would say, Good Friday Eve, everybody. But um, like I said, not here today, not here tomorrow. Hopefully back Monday. What a tremendous job Andrew Giuliani did yesterday. So many people reached out to me, Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. Just so impressed with the job that Andrew Giuliani did yesterday. He was great. Bottom line, he, he was great. I mean, he knows the politics up and down. He is certainly very, very opinionated, very learned, and has a great delivery. I mean, great. Plus, plus, he's a young father. So we share that in common. He loves sports. We share that in common. Uh, I loved my father, still do. He loves his. It was just a really good show yesterday. And uh, one of the things that people always say to me when they see me is the chemistry between me and Bernie is second to none. This show is number one in New York and has all this success because the chemistry between me and Bernard second to none And a lot of folks thought yesterday that chemistry was there, too, with me and Andrew. Now, no one's about to say better than me and Bernie. Never, ever, ever. And again, I can't wait for Bernie to get back. But but Andrew did a great job in Bernie's stead. And uh, if, in fact, we need to fill in again, I would think Andrew Giuliani would be the right guy. And Macedonia Phil already shaking his head in agreement early on a Thursday morning. You liked the, uh, the Andrew show yesterday. Yeah, Andrew's really, really good. Natural. He is, right? Natural. Yeah, yeah, no. He's like a natural, just good radio guy. Really, really so good. many people last night at this event I went to were uh, talking Andrew and me up and down. By the way, I don't feel all that great today. And you can tell my voice is not great, but they're killing me here. <laughs> Shows every day, myself. They throw in somebody else once in a while, but it's, uh, it's all good. 
I'm doing something I love, but you can tell my voice, not 100%. But last night, I was still out there uh, endorsing and very enthusiastically endorsing one Lee Zeldin for governor. I got to tell you, his lieutenant governor, Allison Esposito, she's unbelievable. She's not good. She's unbelievable. I mean, here I was last night at uh, Steve and Carolyn Lauro's house. What a gorgeous house right outside of Smithtown on Long Island. I think they call it Nissaquag. Really nice place. Beautiful. And all these speakers last night there for Lee Zeldin. About 600 people showed up at this event. And Lee was amazing. Not good. Amazing. Donald Trump Jr. was absolutely tremendous. Kimberly Guilfoyle was really, really terrific. Former police commissioner Ray Kelly was outstanding. Sid Rosenberg was the best of all. But uh, if I wasn't the best, then it was probably Allison Esposito, the lieutenant governor. Man, is she good. 25 years as a cop, and she doesn't take any, and I mean any, garbage. In fact, she was speaking last night, and I walked over to Lee Zeldin. I kind of motioned to Lee as she was speaking, and I grabbed him. I said, you know what? The perfect scenario would be Carolyn, excuse me, Allison Esposito as mayor and you as governor. Get Eric Adams out of there, and let's have Allison Esposito as mayor and you as governor. And he actually told that story after she finished speaking. She loved it. The crowd loved it. That's how good Allison Esposito was. Hey, uh, Lewis, am I going to make this show, my voice? You're going to make the show. Are you sure? You don't really have a choice. Yeah. You have no choice <laughs> just, just, just said, you, know, you really don't. We don't have a choice? You don't have a choice. We have Not nobody really. on the bench. No. There's nobody here. We have, it's like a bad bullpen. Yeah. We got like, nobody. Well, you can yeah. put yeah. the three no of us bullpen. on and see <laughs> yeah. 10 well, minutes. Well, you three guys can do it. You guys are great. You're funny. No. You know what's going on, right? I don't no. really want to, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the first problem. You know, I, I actually did go to Phil and Justin this morning because the big story is this uh, student loan forgiveness. So the president, who's been missing for weeks, I mean for weeks, finally came out yesterday. Been on vacation, South Carolina, the whole deal. Finally comes out yesterday, and uh, he talks about this student loan forgiveness program. And he also talked about Mar-a-Lago, the raid, how he knew nothing about it. I mean, you talk about a liar. Really? Nothing about it? But let's start with the student loan forgiveness. This is um, Joe Biden, number one, announcing this plan where basically, if you're a kid like Macedonia Phil, and you paid a lot of your student debt, you got screwed because other kids now don't have to. Seems unfair? Well, it is. And by the way, they don't have to pay the debt. Somebody has to pay it. Guess who that is? Us, me, Bernie, Lou, all you hardworking Americans, you pay more taxes to make sure these kids go to school for free. Here's Joe Biden, number one. My campaign for president, I made a commitment. I made a commitment that would provide student debt relief. And I'm honoring that commitment today. Using the authority Congress granted the Department of Education, we will forgive $10,000 in outstanding federal student loans. So then people are going, wait a second, wait a second. That sounds very nice. If you make under 125, you get 10,000 off. If you're a couple making 250 combined, you get that money off. If you get a Pell Grant, you get 20000 off. Who's really going to pay for this? And Joe Biden answered that, I guess. Here's Joe Biden number two. 
The outrage over helping working people with student, with student loans, I think, is just simply wrong, dead wrong. I understand not everyone, every, not everything I'm announcing today is going to make everybody happy. No, no. Something is too much. I find it interesting how <laughs> some of my Republican friends who voted for those tax cuts and others think uh, that we shouldn't be helping these folks. Right. Something is too little. But I believe my plan is responsible and fair. No, it's not stupid. <laughs> it focuses the benefit on middle class and working yeah. families. Yeah. Sounds on top of I it. I mean, really. So, uh, once again. weak he sounds. I mean, awful. <laughs> Joe Biden, let me ask you again. How are we going to pay for this? How? Here's Joe Biden, number three. How do we pay for it? We pay for it by what we've done. What? Last year, we cut the deficit by more than $350 billion. No, we didn't. Line number one. This year, we're on track to cut it by more than $1.7 trillion oh, by the end of this fiscal year. Line number two. I mean, come There's on. There's plenty of deficit reduction to pay for the programs. <laughs> cumulative deficit reduction to pay for the program what, what many was times over. What did he say at the end of that? He Play that again. I know. lost him on that second half there. Play that again. I... How do we pay for it? I don't know. We pay for it by what we've done. Last year, we cut the deficit by more than $350 billion. Right. This year, we're on track to cut it by more than $1.7 trillion. <laughs> such a liar. This fiscal year. No, Wake up! Plenty of deficit point? reduction to pay for the uh, programs. Uh, cumulative uh, deficit reduction to pay for uh, the uh, programs. Uh, many uh, times. Uh, I mean... Did you get that? That second part? (laughs) Oh, my God. Joe Biden's back, everybody. He's back. So then he moves from the student debt forgiveness to the Mar-a-Lago raid. Right, he was away, went to South Carolina. But again, he went away with Jilly, who, by the way, has COVID again, and Hunter the day after the raid. So the assumption is Joe Biden knew about it. Joe Biden signed off on it. In fact, Merrick Garland couldn't do it without Joe Biden's blessings. But Joe Biden, this guy knows no bounds when it comes to lying, tried to convince Peter Ducey and the American people yesterday he knew nothing about it. This is Joe Biden, number 12. Mr. President, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice. Oh, come on. None. Zero. Not one single bit. Thank you. <laughs> Anybody believe that? Not one single bit. None. Zero. No advance. Really? The President of the United States? You're going to invade the home of a former president and the sitting president knew nothing about it? I mean, come on. Does he think they were that stupid? Honestly. Are we that stupid? Maybe we are. Well, he's in office, so we're that stupid. Yeah, I guess you're right. We did vote him in. (laughs) That's it. We did vote him in. So many people, though, going back to the student loan forgiveness program, spoke about this yesterday. And one of those guys that really nailed it is the Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton. He's a Bernie and Sid fave. We love Tom Cotton. And he goes on to say that, first of all, Biden doesn't have the power to do what he did. And secondly, it's not a good thing. This is Tom Cotton, coach number 10 and 11. The president doesn't have the power just to unilaterally on his own eliminate entire categories of debt. Maybe he has the power to negotiate a settlement in one case that's disputed, but eliminating entire categories of debt, uh, no, he doesn't have that power. Irrespective of lawsuits that will be coming, uh, of all the dumb things Joe Biden has done, this may be the dumbest yet. I, I know it's stiff competition. But just think about how unfair this is for all the Americans who are harmed by this, who are now on the hook.
or hundreds of billions of dollars of other people's loans. It's also highly inflationary, highly inflationary at a time when we still have record high inflation. And finally, it simply encourages colleges to raise tuition, harming a new generation of students. That's, that's why I say this is a terrible policy. It's going to harm many more Americans than it will help. So Tom Cotton says this is a terrible policy, not going to help anybody, and in the end going to screw good, hardworking, paying Americans, folks that paid their student loans, folks that pay their taxes. Judge Deneen, always a great soundbite on The Five yesterday, courtesy of Fox News. She also goes off on this. This is Judge Janine, cut number four. What about the senior citizens? You know, what about the veterans? What about the people who really need it? No, this is part of a socialist state. This is part of the state. And Jesse, you're right about the concept of the ideology. Putting these kids through the universities, indoctrinating them, making the universities rich, making the rest of us pay for it. My heart bleeds for the people who actually went out and paid for their loans, who went without things, whose family said, I'm sorry, we can't afford to pay for your loans. This is a giveaway. So Judge Janine, she explains it well. Uh, Tom Cotton, she explains it well. And then you got to go to the genius, the genius herself. Yes, the White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre. You know, um, Steve Ducey, no, Peter, excuse me. Steve is on uh, Fox and Friends. His son, Peter, he keeps asking questions of Corrine Jean-Pierre every day, you know. And it's so unfair because Ducey is actually really smart. And Corrine, she's actually really stupid, you know. So it's, uh, it's an unfair fight. So he also asked her about this student loan forgiveness program. It's three cuts, cut seven, eight, and nine, Lewis. This is Peter Ducey to Corrine Jean-Pierre. Tell us about the student loan forgiveness program. Here's what here's about how much it might cost. It might not cost. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is the the work that this administration has done, the work that the Democrats in Congress has done is actually there. And you see that the one point seven trillion deficit in deficit uh, deduction that you see is is going to benefit us in being able to do something for the middle class, to do something for the middle class. This is about doing something for people who make less than $125,000, $1.7 trillion. That's what we've been able to do. But when you forgive debt, you're not just disappearing debt. So but who is paying for this? I am. And then I'll give you the second part. I am, douchefaced. lifted the pause. Kareem. We're going to lift the pause uh, at the end of this year, no. which is going to matter, right? Which is no, going to offset no. uh, a lot of what, what we're doing as not well. No. Uh, when you think about the the four billion dollars that are going that's going to go back uh, into as as revenue back into <sighs> oh, no, uh, this shut process, God. I don't have any student debt. I uh, went to four colleges over eight years, and the only debt I had was if the Giants didn't cover against the Dallas Cowboys on a Sunday. I have a lot of that debt, by the way. They're going to forgive that <laughs> next year. Starting. Oh, they will. Yes. I, oh, I, that's I just fantastic. Saw it that is yes. great news. You're going to be great yeah. news. Yeah. Thank you, Lewis. People like Justin and Phil will be paying for your debt. <laughs> it's no problem. Phil actually paid most of his college loans, so he's very upset today. Yeah, it's it's a little bit annoying to see the news that I decided to be fiscally responsible. I'm only 25, which is like pretty rare to have this little debt right. at my age and. 
But your school wasn't very expensive. It wasn't very expensive, but a big reason as to why I went to that school was because it wasn't expensive. Right. Had I known that I could go to a more expensive you school. You could have gone to Harvard. Yeah. Well. No, no, no. Yeah. Right. Where did you go to school again? William Patterson. Right. That's a great school. Yeah. I mean, Where would you have gone if you knew, in fact, it was going to be free, basically? Well, I probably would have looked out of state. I didn't look at any colleges out of state, and I no. looked for state schools. You're afraid to leave your mother. That's what it is. Yeah. You've got this uh, Oedipus complex. You know, um, he's, yeah. he's, he's writing. He's <laughs> yeah. looking up right now. <laughs> Oedipus, but yes. I don't know about all that. All yes. right. Sure. This, you know what that, that is? Guy. Yeah, it's from the Odyssey. It's from the what? The Odyssey? The Odyssey. You mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, Homer. Homer, the Iliad and the Odyssey? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what, um, what famous psychiatrist came up with that, the Oedipus Complex? Oh, well, that's a question. <laughs> it's not a very right. hard question, i got to be honest. Beat said later. Come on. Come on. You got this? Oh. Oprah. Yes. Exactly right. Well done. Thank you. Very Thank well you. done. You ever hear of Sigmund Freud? Yes, yeah. Oh. Actually, I have books by Sigmund Freud. Right, but you don't read them, obviously. No, cause... clearly. I just, I buy... <laughs> Funny you mention that. I have them. Yeah. So, I have them. So, <laughs> ba- yeah. back in the days of being single, you know, you bring girls over and you sh- it's it's like a... It it's looks like, impressive. It's a prop. Right. It's impressive. Right, right. Oh, wow, look, you have philosophy books? I do, yes. I do. But the... you've never opened one of those. No, no, no. The, the, never... the yeah. minute they ask you about them, I, sh- I start panicking. Get out of my house. Get out. You know, Derek... Right Jeter now. would um, take a chick home in New York City, and the next morning he'd put her in a cab, and he'd put a bouquet of flowers. He'd sign a baseball. They got like a parting gift after they banged him the night before. You should do that with your Sigmund Freud books. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Send them out with a, nice, with a book or a philosophy book. Yeah, yeah. Offer that's honestly not a bad idea. <laughs> offer them on the way out. Yeah, why don't you take one? You could read it. You could learn something. That's great. I love it. Anything. There he is, folks. The future. Of America, Macedonia, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> and he paid his debt. You're being conservative. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got a big show today. Dick Morris, he has a new book out. He will join us at uh, 740. Bill O'Reilly, always amazing on a Thursday morning. The best ever. Bill O'Reilly, coming up at 840, 9 o'clock hour. Former giant punter. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Super Bowl champion, Sean Landetta. And in all likelihood, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, he's going to stop by as well. Four great guests and a look back, folks. 22 years ago, Sid Rosenberg versus John Minko. Who would be the sports reporter for the Imus in the Morning program? We got all that great audio. Keep it right here. Bernie and Sid on a Thursday. Podcast Network. Cumulative I'm going to play for the programs many times over. Speech.
upstairs, he opens the door. She rolls over, pretends to sleep as he looks her over. Cumulative redemption, I can pay for the program. <laughs> Come on. I tell you what, that's uh, Joe Biden trying to explain his student loan forgiveness. Did a good job there. Uh, you should read today's New York Post, page 8. Ariel Davidson, and the column is titled, Sticking It Again to the Little Guy. And she explains just what nonsense this student loan forgiveness is. Let me read this paragraph. The reality of that, excuse me, the reality is that it's not the government forgiving debt, but the U.S. taxpayer, that's us, being forced to cover it. And estimates show canceling $10,000 per borrower, earning less than $125,000, will cost the country a whopping, you ready for this, $300 billion. And each U.S. taxpayer, me and you, Lou, about $2,000. I could have gone to Fordham today for about 70 times. Yes, (laughs) that's right. That's right. So Biden is not forgiving anything. In fact... He's making life miserable, as Judge Janine said, for the hardworking Americans that actually pay their debts. Isn't that unbelievable? You know, Donald Trump Jr. made this point last night at the Zeldin event. He said, we're at the point now with Democrats in charge where responsible Americans, right, folks that go to work, folks that do pay their taxes, folks that do pay their student loans, folks that do the right thing. Those people are no longer wanted in this country. We don't want you. We want losers. We want losers. We want people who want to sit at home all day, watch SpongeBob, smoke weed, eat your Captain Crunch, watch a 70 porn, and just sit home all day and do nothing. Get bailed out. Get bailed out by people like us. And he's right. We incentivize people in this country to be losers. And this program right here is exactly the epitome, very good word, the epitome of that. Is it not? It's not as good as Oedipus, but it's a good word. Yeah, Oedipus was good, right? Really good. Oedipal. Oedipus. Somebody said that my voice is sexy this morning. I hate it. I hate it. Plus, it's uh, difficult to talk. It's straining. But I love this job and I love this show, so I'm here today. Um, Kathy Hochul spoke yesterday, too, the governor. And the, the, I guess the narrative was guns. Here we go again. Gun crimes. As if guns get up in the morning, guns get dressed, guns exit the apartment, and guns make their way to the streets, and on their own, without a human firing them, they start shooting. It's guns, not people. So this moron, this governor, goes on to say that gun violence, not human violence, gun violence is destroying America. This is uh, Kathy Hochul, number 15. We've seen too many lives destroyed by the ravages of gun violence, uh, inflicting trauma on too many communities from here and across substate. But given the scale of this crisis, we can only confront it in an effective way by working with partners who share our goals. As I mentioned, law enforcement, state, local, federal government. So one of the races that was decided on primary day two days ago, which is a very scary thing for Republicans, was the Mark Molinaro loss in the Hudson Valley to Pat Ryan. Monday night, in fact, Kathy Hochul held a huge rally for Pat Ryan. That was a night where she told uh, Donald Trump, 
Lee Zeldin, and Mark Molinaro, get out of here. You don't share our values. Take a flight to Florida and don't come back. So Ryan goes on to win and beat Molinaro. And that is very, very scary because all this guy Ryan talked about, it wasn't about crime. It wasn't about New York City. It was about two things, guns, you just heard Hochul, and abortion rights. That's it. Guns and abortion. And Hochul made that point in this cut number 17 about the Pat Ryan win. I was with Pat Ryan, uh, with him at a rally Monday night, and I felt that he would win this because he is exactly uh, who New Yorkers want to have, someone who represents New York values in terms of respecting a woman's right to have an abortion, a woman's right to make decisions about her own body, also fighting to make sure that we have gun safety legislation. So all I'm saying is as we get ready for this big red wave that we all expect, We'll all be shocked if there's not a huge red wave come November, including my friend Lee Zeldin. That Pat Ryan win over Mark Molinaro on Tuesday was scary. And, in fact, Miranda Devine writes about that this morning in today's New York Post. It's worth a read. That Pat Ryan win on Tuesday was scary. All right, 631, time for business. With my voice not all that great this morning, here's my main man, Justin Alec. Oh, you want me to? You want me to do the clip? Okay, clip not really. Out. All right, well, but you have to because I got to make the show. Because you're suffering, right? I'm okay. not suffering, but well, I am suffering. Sounds yes. like you're. Uh, sounds like you're suffering. Yeah, I am. Okay, yeah. right. but you do sound sexy. I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Is that gay? No. Oh, that's okay. just a compliment. Okay, thanks. We can be comfortable with our sexuality here. Well, not really, no. Oh, I'm, we can't? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh. you're making everybody very uncomfortable. Actually. Oh, I, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's get to the clip of the day then. <laughs> okay. Traffic and sports <laughs> is coming up next, but right now it's a 77 WABC clip of the day every Saturday and Sunday. Dance the night away. Starting at 5 p.m., Music Radio 77 WABC presents the Vinny Bedugno Show, part of a great music radio weekend lineup. I love Vinny Bedugno. You do love him? Yes. He was going to come to my book signing on Saturday at Michael's in Brooklyn. But he decided not to. Oh. Yeah. But so, I love him. Anyway. So that, that didn't put a stain on your relationship. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. He, he was so close. Yeah, so close. So close. <laughs> and now, now he just went back about 50 yards. Okay, here we go. Uh, Saturdays, it's Vinny playing hits of the 60s before Cousin Brucey and Tony Orlando. Then Sundays, it's Vinny playing 60s and 70s before Joe Piscopo and Dina Martin. Here is the aforementioned Vinny Madunio. Yeah, you made me love you, too. Just by listening to the Vinny Madunio Show and all things music radio here on 77 WABC. Wishing you a great summer. Hopefully you guys are staying cool. Maybe you're in the pool. Maybe you're enjoying a little backyard barbecue. Whatever it is, thanks for having us as the soundtrack to your season. That's what we love. Giving a big shout out right now to Connie, Ann, Alexa, and Julia hanging out right now. Sisters and cousins and friends and all those good people. Nice to see you. Thanks for listening. Donna Codrill is checking in and we're live on Facebook and a Big shout-out to Alvira as well. And uh, Conchetta Gambino, she says, great show. Well, I'm glad you're listening. We have some more great stuff. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. On 77 WABC. No. No, it's not. His voice is a little raspy. 
So it's uh, executive producer Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Again, sponsored by Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Out on the links, big news coming out of the PGA Tours. Commissioner Jay Monahan announced yesterday that the game's top players are now committing to compete in at least 20 events starting next season, including 12 elevated tournaments that will have average purses of $20 million. The players' commitment comes on the heels of a players-only meeting that Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy hosted last weekend, last week, excuse me, in an effort to rally the top players around the PGA Tour during its ongoing fight against the rival LIV Golf Series. In essence, this means the world's best will play much more often and for much more money. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy promptly followed up that news as they announced the launch of a tech-infused golf league in partnership with the Tour that will have players competing on six three-man teams in 15 regular season matches and a playoff starting in January 2024. The new league, dubbed TGL, will feature two-hour 18-hole matches on a virtual course. The matches will take place in primetime on Monday nights in a custom-made venue in a yet-to-be-determined location. Looking ahead to action this evening, both the Yankees and Mets will get back at it on the diamond. The Yanks open up a four-game set in Oakland against the A's tonight at 9.40 p.m. Eastern. New York has yet to name a starter going up against Oakland's James Capriolan. As for the Mets, it's Jacob deGrom Day in Queens as the Orange and Blue get set to welcome in the Colorado Rockies for their own four-game weekend set. First pitch is set for 7.10 p.m. Eastern with Colorado's Ryan Feltner set to go up against DeGrom on the gridiron. It'll be the Giants and Jets battling for bragging rights this Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. The preseason matchup will wrap up the preseason schedule for both teams before they get set to open the regular season on September 11th. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update again sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Uh, go to uh, PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a deal near you. America's best built boilers. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. I want to Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Thursday morning, big show today. Sean Landetta, former Giant Glade, stopping by. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, he'll be here. Dick Morris, brand new book out, he'll be here. And the greatest of all time, Bill O'Reilly. Bernie should be back on Monday, and hopefully I can make it to Monday. (laughs) Hurting a bit today. Had a big event last night, Lee Zeldin. But not just that, I mean, just uh, on the air just about every day, day after day, and doing a lot of work myself, obviously, with Bernie are trying to get better. And uh, today I'm feeling the effects a little bit. I mean, I, I feel fine. You know, my, my, my energy is great. I don't feel bad, but my voice is not cooperating. So I'm going to try to make it to 10 o'clock. If I don't, I don't. What am I going to do? What do I'm going to tell you? We'll see be ready. Be, be, <laughs> Warm up in the bullpen, you, Lewis. You're on notice. You're on notice. But uh, we got guests and we've got bits, so we should be fine. You know, I was um, talking to Phil this morning, Macedonia Phil, and I noticed... He was cutting up some stuff on YouTube, and there was a picture of me. And I go, what is this? And he's like, well, I'm trying to get sound for today's show, but this popped up. And it was, and you remember this, Lou, very, very well. It was 22 years ago when I first joined the Imus in the Morning show. We had what was called a sports competition. So Mark Chernoff hired me to do sports on the Imus show. And Imus 
always wanted to make things look more dramatic than they were. Plus, Amos didn't really like me in the beginning because I was kind of thrust on him. He didn't know me. He didn't pick me. He didn't meet me. Chernoff came in one day and said, hey, I'm in. Here's your new guy. And Imus was like, well, what do you mean he's my new guy? You had John Minko there. You had Warner Wolf there. Imus wasn't the type of guy that you told what to do with his show. Kind of like I am here. Don't tell me what to do with my show, our show. That's how Imus was. So when I came along, he was like, who's this jerk? I don't want this guy. But I was already hired. But he had to make it seem like I wasn't. Kind of like the whole nonsense with firing Warner Wolf back at Cumulus because Warner wasn't here. Nonsense. You mean there were head games? A lot of head games, (laughs) yes. A lot of lies, a lot of head games. And in the end, Imus needed me more than I needed him. I know that sounds crazy. I know, but he really did. I I think you would agree to that, no? I would agree to that, yes. He really leaned on me for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? sometimes you didn't realize that. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> no. So he put together this ridiculous sports competition between me and John Minko, and it was a great couple of days of radio. Great. Because what he did was he brought in all this star power inside the studio, and they graded me and Minko to eventually pick a winner. So you had Chris and Mike and Deidre and Patrick McEnroe and Mike Breen and Dick Cavett and uh, who are those guys, Ivy and Dweck and Ron and Santa and Mike Lupica. All these guys were in studio, and they would rate my update, then John Minko's update, and then pick, kind of like Survivor, who makes it and who leaves, who stays on the Imus Island and who leaves, just like Survivor. So I go all the way back to 22 years ago. And you can watch this on YouTube. I've got a, a head of hair that is ridiculous. Huge bald spot, but thick on the sides of my head. I'm uh, terrified you can just see it. You can also hear it. And this is the actual sports update I did on the show with Imus 22 years ago, courtesy of WFAN. What uh, what makes you think we care anything about that Tampa thing, by the way? What was that? Is that the lead for this? Well, uh, you know, well, I won the basketball game last night. Well, the Sixers won last well, night. Well, why don't we know that? Well, I'll tell you that right now. I was the hockey game? What about, the hockey game was into two overtime, wasn't it? Double that's overtime, right. that's yeah. right. Okay, well, how about telling us about that? How about that? 10 27 into the second overtime, Scott Young scored his sixth postseason goal, and the Blues won. He led the team with 40 goals this year, by the way, more than Pavel Dimitra and Pierre Turgeon. Well, what were we Ooh. thinking about? Was it Tampa Bay? Sammy Sosa. How do you feel about the puck being black? (laughs) (laughs) I like the puck black, just like my women. (laughs) (laughs) That was Mike Breen, of all people, the conservative voice of the New York Knicks and the NBA, asking the question, what do you think about the puck being black? That's why Brittany left. My God, you sound 16 years old. I know. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? So then after I did the update and Minko did his, Imus started asking the folks who they thought won. And the first person that called in, Imus's wife, Deirdre. And let's just say from day one and later, not exactly a huge Sid fan. All right, here's Deirdre Imus. Uh, all right, honey. You have to vote somebody off, Sid or Minko. 
Sit is off. Oh, God. This is really, this is so. Sit off. Right, why are you voting sit off? Because Sid has the most weasel potential. I mean, <laughs> and. That's true. It, well, it, that's the bottom line. Sid is, it, oh, beyond, uh, so far beyond Minko with the weasel potential. And you already have enough weasels on your program. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he fits right in with the radio station. Can't argue with that. All right, honey. Thanks for hanging on. Oh, boy, I appreciate it. I didn't finish. Why do you always cut me off? Because we got, we don't have a lot of time for you to, for, for a harangue from you go ahead but then okay but then i also think that the <laughs> loser the should get some prizes yes so uh, i think sid should get you know um a fat loser and a lying weasel and bald-headed geek uh, <laughs> and he should also have to buy an acre oh. <laughs> it's got to be a little tough for him to come up with At five point, grand yes. for an acre right he doesn't now. have a job <laughs> so. <laughs> so dear you wanted me off the island but before today's show is done you're going to hear from mike brancessa chris russo dick cavett Joseph Abood, Ron and Santa, oh Mike Green. God. Yes, yes, Mike, all of you on what they thought. But Deirdre thought I had incredible weasel potential. <laughs> who, who, who didn't on the show, I know, though? That's I know, it's true. hilarious. And you have Bernie in the background. You know, you hear Charles McCord in the background. All great stuff. Yes, I man. <laughs> yes, so I'll have that throughout the day. Just a little look back. At the uh, the long career of Sid Rosenberg and a guy that both Lou and I and Bernie sat alongside for many, many years, the late, great Don Imus. I do want to go back, though, to the biggest story of the day, and that is the student loan forgiveness plan, which Joe Biden did announce yesterday. He played a lot of audio in that first segment, uh, segment about it. But here, Miguel Cardona, he's actually Biden's education secretary, talking to Peter Ducey. He, uh, he actually goes on and on about how this is not a bad thing. Miguel Cardona, these are cuts five and six, Lewis, getting planned. But just to, the final one on this, sure. the people that already paid, they don't get anything out of this deal. Right. That's right. Okay. Oh, that was Ducey talking to Miguel Cardona. So if you're Macedonia Phil and you already paid your student loans, you're screwed. You don't get anything back. You know, you, you just sit, sit there now and watch other kids have the opportunity to go to school and not pay these uh, debts off. Here's Cardona number six. Look, this is a good day for America, good day for no, it's not. Uh, those who are thinking about higher education in the future, because not only does it provide student loan forgiveness, it also fixes a system that's broken. And to those who are saying it's not fair, look, the, not fair. the aim of this is really to address the effects of the pandemic. It's my responsibility oh my to make sure that people aren't coming out of the pandemic worse off than they were at the beginning. Oh, stop but it. To the, to the fairness question, the people that are sitting at home, right. having just paid off their student loans or having paid them off right. years ago, what's in it for them? Right. right. Well, look, when we address some of the issues that could lead to default no answer. Uh, payments or default borrowers in the future, that affects everyone. We should be proud that we're able to help Americans that need help right now, just like we help businesses, small businesses during the pandemic. You know, it's about making sure we're taking care of Americans and investing in our economy and in our people. You know, even Nancy Pelosi yesterday went off on Joe Biden, uh, talking about how the pandemic is uh, part of the reason why this program is in place. Even Nancy Pelosi was like, stop already. No, that's not it. That's not it. Nancy Pelosi. And you know Nancy Pelosi is probably pissed at Joe Biden anyway because he never came out after a trip to Taiwan and said a word about it. So I don't think Nancy Pelosi right now is is a Biden, you know, favorite. She's still going to say nice things about him. I hope he runs again. He's the best. He's the greatest. But down deep, 
there's got to be a little bit of resentment going back and forth between Biden and Pelosi. And again, she was critical of the pandemic, the COVID-19 mentions during the, I guess, the the red carpet uh, outbreak of this uh, delivery, I should say, of this student loan forgiveness program. She was critical of that. What does the pandemic I don't have know. to do with that? I don't know. It never goes away. <laughs> and that guy had no answer, too. No. When he asked about uh, what do the other students feel like after nothing. they paid off their loans. Well, let's feel good for the ones right now. <laughs> yeah. See, there's just nothing. no answer for that. I know. And there isn't. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Again, still to come, Bruce Blakeman, Sean Landetta, Dick Morris, and Bill O'Reilly. Big Thursday, Bernie and Sid show. Keep it right here. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. In the studio, I like Maria, know her for a very, very long time, and she's showing video of these migrant buses that are still coming into New York City. And uh, these two jackoffs standing there shaking hands with these illegals as they walk off the bus. (laughs) Some fat bastard and some, uh, you know, doopy looking guy, I don't know. And they're shaking hands and, oh, way to go, way to Way to go. You got into the country illegally, and uh, here are your Met tickets and a $200 voucher to Peter Luger, your hotel room, and a hooker. Welcome to Port Welcome Authority. to New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. So then you get uh, Governor Pataki, a real governor. The last time we had a really, really, really good governor may have been Pataki, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, let's, if you have to think back. I think so. Yeah. Well, Republican, of course. Uh, Lee Zeldin, the next Governor Pataki. So Pataki is on record yesterday saying what we've been saying for a while here. F. Eric Adams, and congratulations to Governor Abbott in Texas for doing the right thing. This is Governor Pataki number 14. I think uh, Governor Abbott's doing what is exactly right, calling attention to the problem, showing the hypocrisy of cities like Washington and New York that are so open about how they love illegal immigrants until they actually show up. So uh, (laughs) it's finally the chickens coming home to roost. 
We should be down in Washington every minute calling on the Biden administration to stop this inhumane uh, pr- uh, policy. See, that's the point. Eric Adams, mad at Governor Abbott, some real uninformed New Yorkers, Democrats, mad at Governor Abbott, has nothing to do with Governor Abbott, folks. Eric Adams feels overwhelmed, and he gets, you know, like 50 people on a bus. Governor Abbott gets 4,000 of these people a day for months. So if you felt badly for Eric Adams now, and Eric needs money from the federal government, he wants help, how do you think Abbott feels? It's not Abbott's fault. It's Joe Biden's fault. It's the, Well, maybe not Joe. He doesn't make any decisions. But it's the administration's fault. It's D.C.'s fault. And Governor Pataki drives home that point right here with cut number 13. We see the human rights catastrophe, the two young kids who drowned in the Rio Grande just in the last 24 hours, the 53 illegals who were basically cooked in the back of a truck, uh, and, and yet the Biden administration ignores this. Yep, the Biden administration ignores it. And now you've got all these mayors and governors dealing with this huge problem every day. It's not Abbott, Eric Adams. It's the guy you refer to, or you call yourself him, the Biden of Brooklyn. That's how Eric Adams describes himself. Congratulations. Okay, four big guests about to stop by. Once again, former Giant great Sean Landetta, Dick Morris, Bruce Blakeman, and Bill O'Reilly. Plus, last night's event, what a huge night. Great job by Steve and Carolyn Laurel out in Suffolk County. And more from Imus from back in the year 2000 in the Minko Rosenberg Sports Competition. Our number two, Bernie and Sid. How about that, Jim? It's not true. Look at me. I'm not you. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Lying in the park on a beautiful day. Sunshine in the grass. And the children play. So last night, I made my way towards um, Nissaquag, New York. I think it's called St. James, right by Smithtown, to Steve and Carolyn Loro's house for this Lee Zeldin event. And I was really looking forward to this, too. And it turned out to be, as Lee told me and Andrew Giuliani right here on WBC yesterday, he said, Sid, this will be the best fundraising event you've ever been to. And he was right. It was unbelievable. First of all, Steve is such a great guy, such a gracious host. What a beautiful home, by the way, out on Long Island. I can tell you this. Freddie picked me up at about 2.15 yesterday afternoon, and it's about 3.45, and we're still driving. And I'm like, are we almost there? Like a little kid, you know, are we almost there, Daddy? Are we almost there, Daddy? We were in the car for like forever. I mean, we went all the way past all these Long Island towns, and then we like went into this wooded area of beautiful homes nestled away inside, like, the woods. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're never going to find our way out of here. Never. 
But we found the house. And again, it's a gorgeous house. And Steve made quite a party, quite a party. And it was for Lee Zeldin. Uh, Lee Zeldin is the only hope we've got. And it was a contested primary for good men. Rob Astorino did contact me yesterday. Andrew Giuliani was my co-host yesterday. Harry Wilson and Lee, uh, the best man, won. Lee Zeldin. And he has been doing a great job the last couple of weeks since winning the primary, getting his message out there. And he gets helped a lot by Kathy Hochul, let's face it, because she ups up almost every day. Every day, Kathy Hochul says something or omits something that makes Lee Zeldin's job even easier. But he's great. He's got a gorgeous wife, Diana, two beautiful daughters. I met his parents last night. He was just a very gracious, inspirational, and really confident leader in the role of the star last night at this event. Now, it was a star-studded event, once again. Donald Trump Jr., he was there last night. He spoke. He was great. He was hilarious, too. He's a very funny guy, Donald Trump Jr., much like his father. Very, very similar in that respect. And he was introduced by his girlfriend, who also spoke and was great, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Ray Kelly, the former great New York City police commissioner, he was terrific. Talking about crime, talking about bail reform, talking about how difficult it is now to recruit good police talking about how good police are leaving in droves before they get their benefits. Folks, they want out so badly from Eric Adams and this city, they are leaving before they get their benefits. That's scary. That's scary in a city where people get punched in the face walking down the street, shot in the face on a subway, stabbed Numerous times all over New York City. Police are leaving before they get their benefits. That's how sick and tired they are of de Blasio, Eric Adams, Kathy Hochul, all of our leaders who don't give a damn about them and this city. So I thought Ray Kelly was very good last night. Uh, Allison Esposito, uh, Lee Zeldin's lieutenant governor, amazing last night. Spent 25 years as a cop. She goes, I'm not a politician. I'm a cop. I spent my life worrying about and defending the fine people of this city. And she's tough. I mean, she is tough as nails. She spoke really, really well last night. And then you had guys like Lawrence Taylor, the former great New York Giant, O.J. Anderson, the former great New York Giant, Stephen Baker, Sean Landetta, great Giants. Sean will join us at 9.05 this morning. Rick Cerrone, former great New York Yankee. And then uh, some local politicians, guys like Bruce Blakeman, Nassau County Executive. You had uh, Tina Forte. She was on the show yesterday, Real Tina, a voice like mine this morning. She was there last night. She was great. Sean Farash, I love that guy. He was there last night. And it was just, it was a really heartwarming Good moment for Bernie and Sid fans, too. I mean, the amount of love that I got last night, I don't think I've ever gotten that before in one place at one time. I mean, 600 people, almost every one of them, every one of them made their way to me to thank me for what I do every morning. And Bernie, everybody sent their prayers to Bernard, but they were very, very nice to me. Appreciating all the work I've done with Bernie when Bernie's not here. That's why I'm dying this morning, by the way. And it was very, very nice. It really was. Almost made me cry. There I was in my yellow, beautiful sport jacket 
which I bought from Anthony at the garage. Looked like a, a football Hall of Famer. Right, Lewis? That yellow Hall of Fame jacket. People yeah. loved it. Looked like or the ABC Wild World of Sports yes. jackets. Yes. <laughs> I got to say this. I was the most handsome guy in the audience by far last night. By far. You agree, Justin? You don't care. You nervous about sports? You got to do it again. Justin, come in here for a second. Justin Alec. Then we'll get to our four great guests. This is um, becoming tougher. Yeah, what is that going to do for me? What about tea? I, you're not sick. I'm not? No. So what is water going to do for me? It's going to... Might ease your throat. I don't, yeah. I don't think it is. You want to just chug some honey? I think I just want to go home. You can't. What do you mean I can't? There's, I'm sick. Literally nothing. There's no, no other option. There's something wrong here. What would you there's do at home? There's nothing wrong. You'd be talking at home, too. No, yeah. I'd go to bed. No, you wouldn't. No. Yes, I would. No, you Danielle wouldn't. went to work. Ava's in Mexico. Gaby's asleep. You turn the TV on and start yelling no. at the TV. <laughs> no, You'll be talking, not. so it doesn't matter. Might as well stay here. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't talk. You do, please. That's you should, what you were born to do. You should chug some honey. Well, do you have honey? I think we have honey in the kitchen. Honey. Well, you didn't bring it. Well, I, listen, I mean, uh, I'm trying all sorts of options here. You've done nothing. You bought one cup of water. You haven't, so really, you haven't really tried the water option, though. Let me try it. Hold Let's on. try it. Let's uh, give that a little chug. Gulp, 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 gulp. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good. Taste, taste, feels right? terrible. Oh, terrible. You made it worse. Terrible. You made it worse. If, yeah, yeah, cold, cold to get you. Bourbon <laughs> <laughs> yeah, works. Too, oh my so god, you got some of that. Yeah, in yeah. yeah you know, um, it's been going on now for like a week and a half. And I said to Danielle last week, and I go, something's wrong, you know. And uh, she said, well, you you know, got to relax. You you need time off. You got to stop talking. So I didn't talk much last weekend. I, I went out of my way not to talk. And I thought it felt a little better on Monday. You listen back to the tapes yesterday, and it was still rough with Andrew, but not as bad as it is today. Today it's terrible. Yeah, it just got bad. Yeah. Like I, it got, um, it got uh, noticeably well, just do worse. The damn show. Can you do the show? No, I, li- I, I literally cannot. Don't you know about the student debt and all this? I don't stuff? know anything. I don't know anything. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, I don't know anything. I know nothing about it. We have oh, no, look, we, we got... have nobody here who yeah. can step in at a moment's notice. No, because I don't feel well here. Well, most, I feel great. But... Listen, most mornings we got Curtis sleeping in the uh, well, in the other Curtis studio. Today? He's not. He's not sleeping in the other studio today. Oh, no. Okay. No. Well, so... just trying to finish the segment. Let me know how it would go. Go ahead. What would oh. you do now? Oh, I walk out. You're in the studio. You got to cover whatever I would cover. Yeah. What would it sound like? Well, uh, you know, I mean, uh, basically in the world of news, we've got big news coming out of the White House yesterday. Uh, yeah. These, these student yeah. loan forgiveness uh, program, it, it's really just a, a crock of, um, what do you call it, um, shizzle. And, uh, you know, I mean, if I had if I had student loans, which I don't, yeah. um, if I had them, uh, you know, I, I mean, is, is 10K even really enough? I mean, I know that there's different levels to this stuff. Do you like, have any student debt? No. No. Right. No. But I don't know that ten, I don't know that $10,000 is doing well, is making got, much of a difference. You got a grant pal, You got $20,000. Right. That's yeah. that's what I'm yeah. saying. There's like Big different but I, no. I mean, only, only God knows if I if I even know what nothing a grant pal is. I mean, you know nothing about what, this. What, what, what even is a grant pal? I, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Never heard of that in my life. I've heard of bonds. I've heard of I've heard of loans. I've never what, what's, what's, what's a pal? in my uh, water now. Yeah. yeah. Let's give that a shot. Just pour it down your throat. Shut up. Well, you? You're putting it in the water? Well, what are you supposed it, to do with it? It's just going to collect at the bottom. No, what am I supposed do to do with it? You have to drink the honey out of the... Out of the... You want me to chug the honey yes. out, of, out of the bottom? Yes. I don't know how yes. honey is consumed. Oh, yes. All right, just put it, yep, right down the hatchet. Oh, yeah, Ooh, baby. Wow. 
See that'll that'll really um that'll your, coat that'll coat your esophagus. Did you put your lips on that? Honey porn. Yeah, he did. Yeah. This is honey porn. Just now. That'll that'll Everyone, coat your esophagus. Is that going back to the I used to. Uh, <laughs> Not I used anymore. That's what I'm talking. Now, now yeah, yeah, it's a brand new bottle of honey. Everyone uses that. Yeah, yeah. What do you want me to do? You told me to put it in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. like air sip. Well, no, you could have brought, oh, you could have brought him a spoon. You could have brought him a spoon. You could have filled up the spoon with honey, I mean, and then he would have just had a spoonful of honey. You're killing me. I ran down the hallway to grab you a cup of water and honey, and I got the honey. Well, now he's got two cups. I already brought him the cup of water. You wasted your time. Honey in the water. The water is ruined. I don't know what you're going to do with that. Play Chris. So with Imus about who should win the Minko Rosenberg battle. Play that. Chris Russo. Uh, here's Chris time. Russo now back on line seven. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Don. So Minko, have... Minko is off. Minko's off. Minko is off. So I have two for Minko, one for Sid. Yeah, Mink is done. Uh, n- n- not professional, not handled correctly this morning. Sid has an edge, a <laughs> little, little better prepared. Sid in the long run will give you more juice, more of an edge, a better sports cast yeah. on a day-in, day-out basis than Minko will. Be okay. careful what you say, you dummy. <laughs> I can't wait till you come in this afternoon. Yeah. Just be careful what you say, Russo. Why, no, 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 listen, I mean, if Patrick McEldell and Boomer Esiason are my choices, I want Sid Rosenberg doing the morning sports with Big Donnie. You know, I've forgotten. It was 22 years ago. Who actually was on my side that day and who wasn't? So Russo was a huge Sid Rosenberg fan. Who knew? Yeah, or maybe he just wasn't much of a fan of Minko. Maybe. Well, Mike Breen, of all people, who's a dear, dear friend. He's on the show with me and Bernie all the time. Mr. Knicks, Mr. NBA, really become a very, 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 very close friend. He screwed me. Yeah. I forgot all about it. Yeah, well, you find out who your real friends are. I know. Here's Mike Breen, 22 years ago, in the IMA studios, courtesy of WFAN, Minko or Sid. All right, here's Mike Breen. Mm-hmm. Very tough decision. It was very close, but according to my criteria of the four C's, and that's content, chemistry, true <laughs> about sports, and humility, John Minko with a very narrow margin of victory. So I vote Sid off. He voted me off. That son of a bitch, Mike Breen, voted me off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it took a while for him to kind of get used to uh, who you are. I know. Now we're dear friends. Yeah. But even way back when, Joseph Abood, who you seem to like. I love him. He's been a dear friend of mine for many, 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 many years. Yeah. And um, uh, dressed me so nicely for three or four years. Joseph Abood got a vote that day on the Minko Rosenberg competition. I miss and WFAN. This is uh, number 21. And Joe Abood showed he's been a friend since day one. All right, let's go to Joseph Abood now on tape. So, there we go. I hated to do it. They're both great. Um, but I think Sid did a much better job today. And if we're voting just on today, Sid's the man. So, I'm voting for Sid. And Mink's gone. Okay. <laughs> Joseph Abood. How about that, huh? Well, he's too nice of a guy to involve him in that sort of uh Nobody picked me right off the bat. Yeah, I know, but you could hear in his voice. And he, he, and he even said bad. in the beginning, yeah, I yeah. hate to do it. But, hey, uh, Bill, who else was on that? I know Dick Cavett was there, Bo Deedle. Who else? I think Francesca was on it. Mike was on, yep. yep. Uh, Deidre. Well, we played Deidre, yeah. Okay. Who else? I don't know. That was it? Well, yeah. don't blow your whole load here. Hey, now. Oh, well. no. We're, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to. We got uh, four great guests coming. I'm going to try to make it. I'm going to try. I mean, people are saying, you sound fine. You sound great. We need you. Don't go anywhere. You actually sound much better since you chugged the honey. You think so? Yeah. I'm think- telling you, coach, I used to take a spoonful of honey yeah. before I would go out and sing my heart out in a cappella. And you'd be fine. Oh, I mean, come on, I wooed the entire crowd. Granted, I was blackout drunk, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> like your senior trip in the Bahamas? Yeah, that was it. What, what happened there? I told you about that you this defecated morning. all over the hotel? I didn't defecate all oh. over the hotel. One of, one of my friends lost control of his... We got there two hours before everybody else. It was like a 50-person trip. You were drunk? We get there two hours before everybody else. By the time everybody else gets there... You were drunk. I'm running around naked, and my buddy oh my is God. running around the hotel and a, defecating and your, and your in mother, elevators. And your mother and father were these chaperones? Yeah. Weren't they embarrassed? Yeah. Were they, were they mad at you? Oh, they were furious. <laughs> and then the next day, the next day, they tried to kick us all out. They gave oh us wristbands God. that said we were 18 and above. Yeah. I was actually 18, but sure. half the crew wasn't. Yeah. So they were like, we're taking away all your wristbands for those of you who aren't 18. And I'm, and I'm the doofus who raises my hand and says, hey, but I'm actually 18, so oh can, my I, God. can I keep my wristband? I actually was the president of my student body, and I made all of the financial decisions, and I decided that all the money that we had raised to put together our yearbook should be spent on something else. And I took every penny and bought drugs for our senior trip. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. That yeah, was perfect, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> good old days. Oh, the good old days. All right, Dick Morris, Bruce Blakeman, Sean Landetta, and Bill O'Reilly all coming up right here on the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid with some Hall and Oats on the way out. here and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, we have reported that approximately 5 million foreign nationals have crossed into the United States since President Biden was inaugurated in January 2021. 5 million. Now, there are two tracks, the political and the moral. On the policy front, the Biden administration has refused to enforce immigration law And that has encouraged people from all over the world to come here without proper credentials. That is a fact. President Biden has violated his sworn oath of office to uphold the laws of the United States. For that, he could be impeached if Republicans win the House this coming November. The second part of the problem is how to handle all of these folks. The Trump administration sent many of the migrants back to Mexico. The Obama administration deported record numbers to their home countries. But now, Mr. Biden has decided that 5 million and counting migrants can reside inside the United States. And many of these folks desperately need help. Enter Catholic Charities, the lead organization helping settle undocumented foreign nationals. Well, what did anyone expect that group to do? 
Jesus stated quite clearly the poor must be helped. Immigration was not part of that moral mandate. The problem is that Pope Francis and other Catholic leaders ignore the legality issue, preferring to make the whole thing about morality. Are we supposed to obey Caesar or not? A very complicated situation. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. Sing it, Dolores. Go ahead. I'm going to eat the rest of this bottle of honey. All the cranberries keep you entertained. Just in case there was any doubt as to whether or not President Trump was going to do it again in 2024, all that was removed last night from me. I never had a doubt anyway, but both uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle at the Lee Zeldin event last night kept saying the same thing, which I had said earlier that evening, which is kind of ironic, which is we're going to save New York in 2022 when Lee Zeldin wins. And we're going to save our country in 2024 when Donald Trump returns to Pennsylvania Avenue. I said it first because I spoke first. The order was me, then Ray Kelly, then Kimberly Guilfoyle said it, Donald Trump, back in 2024. Then Donald Trump Jr. said it, Donald Trump, back in 2024. And then Lee Zeldin and Allison Esposito, who I love dearly now, they spoke after us. So any doubt as to whether or not Donald Trump may not run, I don't know. The Mar-a-Lago thing really inspired him. Nonsense. From the day, trust me, from the day that Donald Trump lost that election, an election he believes to this day he did not lose, an election he believes and many others and Bernie makes a very good case for it all the time, that was stolen from him, that was taken from him, from that day he was going to run again. There was never a doubt, never. So I don't know why we go, well, maybe he'll run. I mean, I guess it makes for dramatic good radio and good TV. He was running the day after he lost. And again, if there was any doubt, Kimberly and Junior removed all of it in front of 600 people at Stephen Loro's house on Long Island last night. Now, Dick Morris is coming on in about uh, 15 minutes, and Dick Morris has a new book out. He's already a New York Times best-selling author, and the name of the book is The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. So it's perfect. Here I am talking about the speeches last night, Zeldin, New York, Donald Trump, Our Country, And Dick Morris has a book about that, specifically the comeback of Donald Trump in 2024. And he'll be coming up in about 10 minutes. Where's uh, where's Alec? 
He has to do the uh, the clip of the day and sports and where'd he go? He's he's on his way in. We're, we're well, what is he going? Getting the honey. <laughs> I already drank half the bottle. Put it back in the kitchen. Why can't you put this back in the kitchen? I don't understand. Because you've already wrapped your Who wants mouth it around it. So it's what? yours now. No, it's yours. Oh, stop it. It's yours. Really? Yeah, there's no other way to do you it. You want me to eat this all morning long? Mm-hmm. Is this fattening? A lot of sugar and honey. No, not really. Uh, no. I don't know. I Who would just look said that the... really? Frankie Diaz? Diaz? All of a sudden, Jack Lane in there came out with an answer about it. <laughs> 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 Why, it's like not Justin Alec, I'm trying not to do my really. job here, okay? All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, Frankie. Yeah, Justin, take it away. Oh, I'm taking it away. Okay, Traffic and Sports is coming up next, but right now it's a 77 WABC clip of the day. Every Saturday and Sunday, Dance the Nut Away, starting at 5 P. Music Radio. 70... I like this guy, Vinny Madunio. Yeah, you said that yeah. last time. It did? Yeah. So I can't say so, it again? But if you're going to talk so much, why don't you just... Well, I just want to say I like him. Okay. You can say the rest of the words, the meaningless words along the way there. All right. But Vinny's a good guy, right? But I haven't even mentioned him yet, so maybe oh. next time when you, oh, men- oh, when you oh, wait for me to mention Vinny, Vinny Medunio, and then you can say that you like him. All right. So, so do, it, do it now. Okay. Traffic and Sports is coming up next, but right now it's a 77 WABC clip of the day. Every Saturday and Sunday, dance the night away, starting at 5 p.m. Music Radio 77 WABC presents the Vinny Medunio Show. Yeah, I like that guy. Do you? Yeah. How about that? Have I said that yet? Yeah. Oh. Part of a great Music Radio weekend lineup Saturdays, it's Vinny playing hits of the 60s before Cousin Brucey and Tony Orlando. You like the Cavett? Who? Okay. There you go. There's your answer. Speaking of dicks, Dick Moore is coming up. How about that? Sixties before. Uh, you know, now I lost my place. In the, this is Speaking like a this what? is like a novel. This is like a. All right. Then Sundays it's Vinny playing sixties and seventies before Joe Piscopo and Dina Martin. Here is Vinny Madunio. ELO taking us back to 1976 with Living Thing right here on Music Radio 77 WABC. Gotta love that record. Such a great one. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since I heard that one, and it always sounds so good when you blast it on the speakers. We're giving a happy birthday right now to Wilma, celebrating the big 91 in Agawam, Massachusetts. Happy birthday to you from your grandson, Michael, and everybody that's checking in from all of us here at WABC. We wish you the best as well. Hopefully, you're listening on the WABC radio. Radio app. It's really simple. You just say, hey, Alexa, play WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great weekend schedule at WABC. Saturdays, the music shows are great. Sunday, uh, talk and music. Of course, Joe Piscopo, uh, very, very end of the day, does a great job with the Sinatra show. But Sunday mornings specifically on this station are great. Reverend the Rabbi, John Katsimatidis, my guy, my guy John, does that great Katz roundtable show every Sunday morning. Woody Giuliani, Judge Janine, and we've got Dick Morris. I got to know Dick a little bit at Newsmax a couple of years ago. But, of course, Dick has been around a long time and a major player in the world of politics. In fact, since 2016, Dick Morris has been a behind-the-scenes advisor to Donald Trump. And Dick played a key role in the Trump surprise win back in 2016. So, again, I told you 
doing that event with Lee Zeldin last night and listening to Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle speak right after me on stage, they made it very, very clear that Donald Trump is going to run again in 2024, as if we didn't know. But just in case you didn't know, Dick Morris has a great new book out, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. So with that said, making his debut on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, here's our friend Dick Morris. Dick, good morning. Uh, No Bernie. Sid with you. How are you, buddy? Hey, Sid. Um, You're making me feel like it's Sunday. (laughs) Well, it's not, trust me. Uh, But it's a gorgeous Thursday, and um, I've been talking all morning long about this big event I did last night for Lee Zeldin. And a lot of the conversation was about Lee Zeldin, Dick Morris, saving New York in 2022, and then Donald Trump coming back to save our country in 2024. And you're here to tell us that very well may be the case, yes? Yeah, that is what's going to happen. I think both, actually. Uh, the in 2016, I wrote a book called Armageddon, how Trump can beat Hillary, and nobody else was saying it back then, but I did. And uh, now this is the sequel to it, the return, Trump's big comeback win in 2024. Uh, he's definitely running, obviously, and right. he's uh, going to get. And there's a lock on the Republican nomination. Uh, these primaries we've been witnessing, one after the other, where he wins in every state. His people win and defeat McConnell's people or whatever. It makes it evident that nobody can take Trump in a Republican primary. And that's frightening off DeSantis and anybody else who might choose to get in. He'll win this nomination really by acclamation. It will be the, most, the first almost unanimous nomination uh, in recent history. Uh, and then in the general election, I think he has a very good chance in his very likely to win because he can say four words that nobody else can say. I did it already. You know, how do we know you're going to take care of inflation? I did it already. It was under 2% when I was president. How do we know you can really lower gas prices? It was a buck 80 when I was there. The border was sealed. Russia didn't invade anybody. And it, and it becomes clear that there's, there's just so much that he can say that he did. Yep. Well, I, I would I would say this. I, I'm a huge Trump supporter now. I wasn't way back when. I actually voted for Hillary back in 2016. It's an old story. But um, Donald Trump you won me over. Two hands? <laughs> yeah. But Trump Your won right me over. Didn't fall. Are you right? Your right hand didn't fall off? No, it didn't. But but he won me over right away, Dick. Right away he won me over. Um, I, I, I did vote for him in 2020. I would enthusiastically vote for Trump in 2024. But... You say it's a shoo-in that'll beat DeSantis, he'll win the primary. I got to tell you, almost every day, Dick, more and more, quote-unquote, Trump supporters are coming up to me and saying, look, I love the Donald, his policies are great, but he's toxic. He's the wrong guy for that message. Give me new, fresh blood like Ron DeSantis, who's got the same message without the baggage. You don't think those people are growing in numbers every day? No, no, they're shrinking in numbers every day. Uh, the uh, two months, um, two months ago, uh, in a trial heat, they call it some heat. Uh, Trump beat DeSantis by the narrow margin of fifty-seven to twenty-one. Wow! Now his margin is even narrower; it's sixty-three to fifteen. So yeah, there are not many people like that you're talking to. Maybe in New York there are, and. 
when they say it's the same message, how can it be the same message? Uh, what has DeSantis ever done on foreign policy? What has he ever done about holding down energy costs? What has he ever done about fighting inflation? He's good on immigration. He's good on schools and standards. He's good on counterculture stuff. But, you know, that's that's a tenth of what a president does. And for those people who say, and this is all in my book, for those people who say, I like Trump's policies, but I can't stand the guy, you can't pocket the results and diss the methods that get you there. Right. Uh, it's like saying, I, I like that George Patton defeated the Nazis. I like that he won World War II. But he wasn't a good guy. I didn't like his personality. Yeah, we need a kinder, gentler yeah. uh, George Patton. And and he wouldn't have won the war if there were. Right, right. Uh, Washington right. is a tough place. It's a horrible swamp. I was there with Clinton and I was there with Trump. And nice guys finish last. And uh, you got to be tough to take it on. And Trump is tough. And that's what makes it work. But let me talk a bit about the Mar-a-Lago raid and what's going on now. Democrats have basically abandoned the idea that they can ever beat Trump at the ballot box uh, in, to get to stop the nomination. And they know the Republican candidate is likely to win because of the economy. So they think the only way that they can stop Donald Trump is by throwing him out in court. And the excuse they're using is this ridiculous narrative that the January 6th riot was really a coup d'etat, really a revolution. The only one without guns in world history, right. and that, and that the, uh, and and that somehow he should not, he would should be held responsible for that. And their purpose there is to trigger the Fourteenth Amendment, which provides that nobody who was engaged in insurrection against the government can hold public office. They passed that right after the Civil War, and they meant, you know, Stonewall Jackson. They meant uh, Robert E. Lee and Jefferson Davis. They didn't mean Donald Trump. And uh, what they the raid at Mar-a-Lago had nothing to do with archives. Nobody gives a damn about archives. Some historian, twenty years from now, will knock himself out. But I predicted that they would do that raid. That they would search his stuff because they want to get in the book because they want to get material to use against him for January sixth. They want to break into his house and go through stuff and either find evidence or plant and forge evidence that Trump was really engaged in an insurrection against the American government. And then they're going to take this data to Washington, D.C. grand jury that's loaded with Democrats, not a single Republican on it, no independents, all Democrats. And they didn't die the ham sandwich if it were a Republican. So <laughs> that's, that's their strategy. And uh, I lay it out in my book, and I lay out how we have to beat it. The only – it is crucial that we understand – what these guys are going to do to us, what they get. We, we were all prepared to win the game between the foul lines. Right. And they're going to be knifing us in the dugout and on the, <laughs> on the, in the foul areas. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we have to be prepared for that. Right. Uh, no, we, we, we know they cheat. We know they cheat. You know, it's funny. Um, Kimberly Guilfoyle said last night, look, they impeached him. Look, they cheated. Look, now they say that he's got these documents. Look, and she went on and on. She listed like 20 different things that the Democrats, the media, George Soros, you know, the deep state, all these folks have accused Donald Trump of in an effort to get rid of him. And she said, 
We're not going anywhere. We don't care. Like, I know you guys may sleep over, may lose sleep over it, the Donald Trump supporter, but I'm telling you, Donald doesn't care. The more they bring, the more fire he's going to yeah. bring back to Pennsylvania Avenue. She, she's right. Uh, Donald, you know, I worked for Clinton, and I make this point again in the book. Bill Clinton thrived on adulation. When someone loved him, he just, he, that was his energy source. It was like plugging into a socket. Uh, Donald Trump thrives on challenge and adversity. And the challenge and adversity energizes him, fills him with rage, and it powers him to go ahead. And Donald Trump is, is one determined guy. I speak to him, as you know, a couple of times uh, a week. And there's no doubt that the Mar-a-Lago raid just not only enraged him, it empowered him. And, uh, and that's the key. When you think about it, what were the Democrats thinking? I mean, here's, they, they knew at some point Merrick Garland would have to explain something. They knew at some point Joe Biden was going to get, get caught lying. He didn't know anything about it, which is ridiculous. What were they thinking, this Mar-a-Lago raid? How did they well, possibly think it would be good for them? Because they thought, because we haven't, we haven't reached the end of it now. You're going to get leak after leak, day after day. Oh, Donald Trump secretly... Uh, sent a message to this army division to get ready to invade. Donald Trump secretly spoke to this general about the need to topple the government. Donald Trump secretly meddled in this election recount. Uh, Trump, uh, there'll be all these leaks of stuff that isn't true, just like in the Russia scandal, the Russiagate scandal. Right. And uh, and their point is that they wanted to build up a case to take not to the electorate, but to a Washington, D.C. grand jury, and then say you can't nominate Trump. He's toxic. He's been indicted. And that's their strategy, and it's a desperate fallback last-minute thing. But it's only half the story, he said. The other half is the IRS expansion, because not only are they going to go after Trump, but they're going to go after his supporters. Remember how in 2010 the Tea Party was the rage and defeated Sure. He gained 62 seats in the House, and afterwards he never heard from the Tea Party again. They were audited to death by the IRS. Yep. Lois Lerner killed them. Not that they did anything wrong, ever. Uh, they won most of those audits. But the, the, the expense, the bureaucratic necessity of coming up with all this paper, all this proof, yep. so drained their resources that they went broke. That's what they're going to do to Trump supporters this time. They're already doing it now. I was at this event last night with Lee Zeldin. There was a guy in the audience, very wealthy guy, not going to mention his name, who uh, I think donated about two or three million to Trump's campaign. He's been audited 17 times. 17, Dick Morris. They're already doing that stuff. A rich guy like that, okay, buries his money deep and he's a little protected. But they're not going after that. Ninety-five percent of the audits are with people making less than twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Oh my God! They're going after hidden income. Uh, they go to somebody's house and they say, "Hey, I, I know you work as a waiter or a waitress, but I don't think you reported your tips last year. I think you way underreported them." Yeah. Or they'll go to some mom and pop store and they'll say, uh, "You have cash income," or they'll or a bodega. They'll go to somebody and say, last year you said you dined out with this guy and that that was a business expense. 
we called the restaurant you ate alone. (laughs) You have committed felonies, violations of tax code. We could indict you, but we won't because we think you're basically a good guy. But, you know, don't rile us. Don't don't do provocative stuff. It's not in your interest. That Trump sign outside on your lawn, I mean, that's in your face. And that bumper sticker on your car, and for God's sakes, don't let my boss know you went to a Trump rally. That infuriates him, enrages him, and God knows what he's going to do. It's not in your best interest. And they're going to do that conversation millions of times. Oh, my God. And they're doing it because that's why they hired 87,000 yep. new IRS agents yep. because they, they have 58,000. They've expanded it to 120,000. And the reason is so that not so they can go after the rich guy that you met last night. They have enough people for him already. But that they can go after the bodega owner, the person that works on tips, the mom and pop store. Yep. And that's their strategy. Intimidate yep. the grassroots and hobble Donald Trump with the phony allegation of the January 6th riot. And I lay all this out in my book, The Future, and uh, the, the Return. And I hope people not only read it, I hope they memorize it. Because <laughs> that's the enemy game plan. Yep. Those, that's what they're going to do to so, us. So with that said, and again, the book is The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback, Dick Morris on the line. With all that said, all these evil things that the opposition is doing. And again, you lay it out, uh, the big media, George Soros, Deep State, the Democrats, all these people and uh, the folks that are trying to make sure Donald Trump doesn't win again. How does Donald Trump get around these people and make sure what happened in 2020 doesn't happen again, Dick Morris, in 2024? We have a weapon coming up, a secret weapon that very few people realize, but it's in public view. There is a case in the Supreme Court that they're going to hear in October and November that will completely eliminate the possibility of ballot fraud in 2024 in all of the swing states. It's called Moore versus Harper, and it's brought by some North Carolina Republicans who can read, and they read the Constitution, and it says Article 1, Section 4, the times, places, and manners of, of holding elections for Congress and Senate shall be determined by the state legislatures, not by the states, the legislatures. So you have all the swing states, five of them, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and North Carolina, who have passed wonderful laws in their Republican legislatures. Uh, No drop boxes, no ballot harvesting, photo ID at every stage of the process, signature verification, and the Democratic governors vetoed them. So the elections will be conducted under the old rules this year. We won't change them. They'll be the same horrible rules. But in 24, the Supreme Court decision that they're going to make in 23 in Moore versus Harper is going to prevail. And these these governors will be unable to veto these bills. And we will have ironclad protections against just this sort of nonsense going on. Nice. And, right. uh, I, I had Rudy Giuliani on my show. Yep. Yep. And I asked him, will the Moore v. Harper decision protect us from ballot fraud? And he said, absolutely. All right, that's a big deal. So 30 seconds to go, Dick Morris. We've concluded from you and others. Donald Trump is absolutely running again in 2024. When do you think he makes that big announcement? Right, Probably right after the midterms. Hasn't before because his accountant won't let him because all the rally expenses come out of his campaign kitty. 
but uh, he'll make it as soon as we 22 and uh, right after the 22 election is over. And we'll win the House and the Senate. This BS that's out there now that somehow or other we're, we're losing momentum or that this. Well, not the House, but the Senate between the Dr. Oz race, the Herschel yeah. Walker race. I know Vance looks great in Ohio and other places, but you're convinced we're going to win back the Senate? Oh, absolutely. Really? And we'll win it back, not just. We'll win it back by four or five seats. Wow. Uh, Walker, I think, may be in trouble, but I think he'll prevail. Georgia's a red state and they can't cheat anymore because we have a really good ballot integrity law that the governor signed there finally. Uh, uh, Vance is going to win uh, in Indiana. Um, right. Oz is going to win. He's three or four points behind the corpse. <laughs> and, and, and he's he's, he's going to win, and uh, right. Right. and uh, and and we're going to Leo Levy in Connecticut has a good shot. I love Leora. Yes, yes, she's great. Yeah. She's great. So uh, so we're going we're going to win the Senate. Okay. And the Democrats are spreading this propaganda. You know who's spreading the propaganda? Not just the Democrats, but McConnell. Yes. Because he would rather be the minority leader. Then have somebody, some other Republican, be the majority leader. Yeah, I know. He's, he's no good. Him, Paul and Ryan, he, no good. Either one of them. And he put candidates in these races to try to defeat the Trump people, and he lost every single one of them. Yep. And now he's trying to sabotage the winners by saying they're not going to win. They won the primary, but now they can't win the election. And that is such baloney. Such, yep. You know, every once in a while, these folks have to gas up their car. They have to go to the grocery store because they get hungry, and then the price increases hit them, and they become Trump supporters instantly. That's right. Uh, the book is The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. He's written bestsellers before. This may be maybe his best work yet. He's on noon every Sunday here on WABC. He's a brilliant mind, obviously. Dick Morris, great job with the book. Great job here with me this morning. Best of luck to you. We'll talk again real soon. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Sid. You got it. Dick Morris, the book again, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 comeback. Yes, Big Donnie is on his way back. Is he on his way back to the White House? I think so. Only time will tell. Footloose. It's very funny, though. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
kind of like Dick Morris. It's actually really good just now. It's some really good insight and some interesting thoughts. I don't know. I like them. I may bring them back more often. He's like a mad genius. He is. That's what he when he looks. But you look when you see him, he looks. Kind no, of he looks like, like a madman. I know. Yeah. I hosted Newsmax shows last year. I did a whole week on Newsmax doing Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, Dick was on like every day, and he looks like a madman, and he's a bit quirky, and yeah, um. He's uh, weird, almost odd, but yeah, he's yes. but he's really smart. Like he does a very good interview just now. Right, he knows a lot about a lot of. things. He knows a lot theories. about a lot of stuff that right. no one else cares about. Yeah, and, he, <laughs> and when he t- but when he talks, he's kind of rubbing his hands like a, as I, I could see that. He's yes. like a Batman villain. He's almost <laughs> almost like this oh, plot has been hatched for many years, Cape Crusader, <laughs> and there's oh, nothing funny. much you can do oh, about it great. to stop. That's him. I like them. We're bringing them back. Dick Morris, congratulations. You're now going to become a uh, go-to guy on the Bernie and Sid show. That's you know going uh, my... to make Phil happy. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> my morning started today with getting yelled at because, you know what? I'm getting bad at this. I stumble to the bathroom in the middle of the night, right? Because I, I, go, I, go, I pee like five times now because I'm old. I'm dying, you know. So um, I go to the bathroom, and like the, the first or second time, I do a good job. I lift up the seat. But by the third or fourth time... I'll be right back. I don't, I don't need to... <laughs> already. I get very lazy. And I forget, of course, that there's a woman, and a gorgeous woman, that's laying next to me every night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I don't always uh, pick the seat up. Uh, How can you forget? Well, I forget. I'm tired, God house. damn it. How can what do you, you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm tired. How do you forget? You're, you're living with somebody. I don't forget that family, part. I forget, I forget to open, to, to pick the seat up, so... I get yelled at every now and then. And I can't blame anybody else. Not for that one, right? Can't blame Gabe. Can't blame Ava. Who else is in my bathroom at 3 o'clock in the morning? So, uh, you, you do that? You, you, you're very good with that, huh? I, uh, just... You know, you're such a... If I text MJ right now... It's her birthday today, by the way. Oh, happy birthday, MJ. Yeah, happy birthday. Is that birthday. really true? It, uh, no, I just made it up. Interesting. <laughs> what a, defle- a weird lie. deflect your conversation. <laughs> <laughs> if I text, I talk if I text MJ right now, sure. she's going to say to me, Louis is full of it. No. He she's... has not picked up the seat many times. That, you, you, be my guest. All right. Be I should have asked Dick Morris that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the origin of toilet seats is very interesting, the way they come from. The you know, Middle East had them first. <laughs> there's no way that Joe Biden picks up the seat. What do you think? He's got to sit down anyway. Probably can't even stand when he goes to urinate. He was back at it last night. I've been playing for the programs many times over. What was that? Joe? Cumulative I've been playing for the programs many times over. Yes, that was a Biden yesterday. <laughs> That's the sound <laughs> yeah, of someone who doesn't know where the toilet is. <laughs> right, exactly. So he was, he was missing an action for weeks. Went on vacation after the Trump raid. Said nothing about it. Nothing. Said nothing about Nancy Pelosi's historic trip to Taiwan. Nothing. We have not heard a word from Joe Biden for weeks. And then he came back, I guess yesterday, and he's got this student loan forgiveness plan, which is a horrible plan, which is going to cost America about $300 billion. An average taxpaying Americans like me and Lewis and Bernie and the whole crew, about $2,000. So some snot-nosed kid who went to college doesn't feel like paying back their loans and, have, and has every excuse in the book not to pay it back, doesn't have to pay it back. Yet Macedonia Phil, this poor bastard, 
He already paid back most of his student loans. Well, that was stupid. Why'd you do that? I don't know. God forbid I'm responsible financially. Yeah, I mean, there's no, you know, but like, like Donald Trump Jr. said last night, the days for responsible people, people who pay their bills, pay back their loans, go to work, care about family, care about country, those aren't good people anymore. We don't want those people. We want lazy, entitled, America-hating bastards. So you did the wrong thing, Phil. You're not American. You're not a patriot. Well, Macedonian, aren't I? <laughs> well, where is Macedonia exactly again? Uh, oh, i got to drink some more honey. Somewhere yeah. in Europe. Uh, you don't even know where it is? It's Eastern Europe. It's yeah. like by, you know, the Balkans, like Serbia and Croatia and Albania and Montenegro. and uh, Monte what? Monticello. Montenegro? Was <laughs> <laughs> that a country? Yeah, I don't know. Montenegro? Well, here's uh, Biden uh, did talk yesterday about this um, student loan, excuse me, I'm meaning honey, forgiveness plan. And we've got uh, three cuts of Joe Biden. He's going to explain to you, A, why it's a good thing, B, how we're going to pay for it. And when we're done, I'm going to ask you folks to explain to me what he said, because God help us, I have no idea. Joe Biden. My campaign for president, I made a commitment. I made a commitment that would provide student debt relief. And I'm honoring that commitment today. Using the authority Congress granted the Department of Education, what? we will forgive $10,000 in outstanding federal student loans. The outrage over helping working people with student, with student loans, I think, is just simply wrong, dead wrong. Oh, okay. I understand not, everyone th- every, uh, not everything I'm announcing today is going to make everybody happy. It sucks. <laughs> Something is too much. Yeah. I find it interesting how some of my Republican friends who voted for those tax cuts and others think... Uh, that we shouldn't be helping these folks. Is he falling asleep? Something is too little. But I believe my plan is responsible and fair. It focuses the benefit on middle class and how working gonna, families. How are we going to pay for it? Joe? How do we pay for yes, it? Yes, thank you. We pay for it by what we've done. What's the other stuff? Last year, we cut the deficit by more than $350 billion. Line number one. This year, we're on track to cut it by more than $1.7 trillion by the end of this fiscal year. Line number two. Get rid of There's this plenty of deficit reduction to pay for the programs, cumulative deficit reduction to pay for the programs many times over. You got that? Cumulative deficit reduction to pay for the programs many times over. What is he saying there exactly? What are you asking me to decipher? I can't Just decipher it. You went to college. You paid your loans. What did he say? All That's right. why he didn't pay attention because he's paid off. <laughs> he doesn't have to. Great. I'm not I have no money. idea what he said there. Play it one more time. Cumulative deficit reduction play for the programs many times over. What did he say, Bill? <laughs> cumulative. He started out with cumulative. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he ended out with, with many times over. So whatever's in between. Right. Well, thank God we've got smart people there you go, Joe. in the media today who explain to you, like this lady did on page eight, in today's New York Post, just what a horrible deal this is. How, why is it that responsible people like Macedonia, but I can't remember saying that in the same sentence, but I am, who actually paid their loans back, why do they get screwed? Why? Judge Janine, we love her. Talking about Dick Morris on Sundays, she's on right before him. 11 a.m. every Sunday on the 5, courtesy of Fox News. She says, what about kids like Macedonia Bill? What about the senior citizens? You know, what about the veterans? What about the people who really need it? 
No, this is part of a socialist state. This is part of the state, and Jesse, you're right about the concept of the ideology. Putting these kids through the universities, indoctrinating them, making the universities rich, making the rest of us pay for it. My heart bleeds for the people who actually went out and paid for yeah. their loans, who went without things, whose families said, I'm sorry, we can't afford to pay for your loans. This is a giveaway. She's talking about you, Macedonia, Bill. Judge Janine loves you. So it turns out that according to my friend from Arkansas, Tom Cotton, President Biden doesn't even have the power to do this. He doesn't have the authority to even do this. This is Tom Cotton, number 10. The president doesn't have the power just to unilaterally on his own eliminate entire categories of debt. Maybe he has the power to negotiate a settlement in one case that's disputed, but eliminate entire categories of debt. uh, No, he doesn't have that power. He goes on to say, too, that the one thing we cannot afford to increase in this country is inflation. And believe it or not, this bill, it does that. Tom Cotton, number 11. Irrespective of lawsuits that will be coming, the, uh, of all the dumb things Joe Biden has done, this may be the dumbest yet. Dumb I, I know it's stiff competition. Dumb. But just no. think about how unfair <laughs> this is for all the Americans who are harmed by this, who are now on the hook for hundreds of billions of dollars of other people's loans. It's also yeah. highly inflationary, highly inflationary mm. at a time when we still have record high inflation. And finally, it simply encourages colleges to raise tuition, harming a new generation of students. That's that's why I say this is a terrible policy. It's going to harm many more Americans than it will help. So the day gets worse for Joe Biden. First, he unveils this horrible policy, which screws most hardworking Americans. And then and then he's asked about the Mar-a-Lago raid. What did you know? How much did you know? When did you know? And as if he didn't lie two or three times during that debt fit. That wasn't enough. Here's another whopper from Joe Biden. Mr. President, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? I didn't have any advance notice. Oh, my God. None. Zero. Please. Not one single bit. Thank you. You know, Bill O'Reilly's going to believe that because Bill really believes, like Donald Trump Jr. said last night, this guy can't put his shoes on let alone run a country. That may be true, but I find it hard to believe he knew nothing about this when he jet-set it conveniently the very next day to South Carolina. So we got a lot more to come. Lydia reports, the great Bill O'Reilly, Sean Landetta, maybe Bruce Blakeman. We're going to play Beat Sid. All that's still to come, along with Lou Dobbs' business report. The number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. That's us. We are... Bernie and Sid. I just want you to know who I am. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Stocks move slightly higher ahead of today's Fed retreat. Inflation-friendly retailers reporting earnings today and all eyes on Jackson Hole. Those stories next. A recession may be ahead. Retirement accounts especially vulnerable. If you want to protect your future, call the precious metal dealers at American Hartford Gold. They're the highest rated firm in the field with an A-plus rating and thousands of satisfied clients. They'll suggest ways to protect your savings. 
savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. Tell them Lou Dobbs sent you. They'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So call them now. Call 866-611-1277 or text Lou, L-O-U, to 998899. Again, that's 866-611-1277 or text Lou to 99 This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street faces a losing week despite stocks rising slightly yesterday. Both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 just avoided what would have been a four-day decline. Discount retail earnings today with Dollar General and Dollar Tree reporting. Consensus revenue estimates for Dollar General positive. Wall Street is targeting a 9% yearly increase. Meanwhile, Dollar Tree looks to continue its impressive run of earnings. The company the company has beat earnings estimates the past four quarters, while Dollar Tree stock is down 4% for the month. Inflation has historically favored the budget retailer, the sector up 20% for the year. The Federal Reserve's annual three-day conference in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, starts today. Investors already looking ahead to tomorrow when Fed Chair Jerome Powell will deliver his comments and likely provide insight to future rate hikes. Wall Street has been back and forth on what the next monetary policy move will be. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77. WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Finally, some good news, Sid. The officer who was jumped and attacked by those three guys that are responsible for a string of robberies and attacks, they think about at least 20 of them throughout the city, is awake. He's conscious, but he doesn't remember anything. Uh, he's, we now know who he is. He's 48-year-old uh, Mohammed Chowdhury. And again, he was just jogging. You know, he was just jogging the other day, right before 11 o'clock. And we have new video that I saw. And the guy's just walking. And these guys jump him from behind. They didn't even give him a chance to say, hey, give me your wallet. Give me your keys. Nothing. They literally just jump him from behind and hit him across the head with a lead pipe. Okay. I the It's so barbaric and disgusting what's happening in New York City. I don't even know what else to say at this point. Yeah, no, it's amazing that there's even a debate as to whether or not Lee Zeldin should be governor or not. I, I don't know how anybody, any rational, sane person, and I get it. I understand there are people that go away for way too long that commit, you know, the crimes that are not very serious. I understand a lot of those folks, by the way, are also African-American. I get all of that. I do. And believe me, I'm sympathetic towards some of that. But the idea that these people continue to commit these acts of violence every day in New York, and for the most part, they're explained away in 15 minutes, shocks me. Shocks me. Right. And this this area of the Bronx, uh, Castle Hill, there's a lot of Indians that live there, and they're in fear. I want you to take a listen to one of the his uh, the officer's friends, and he's outraged like so many New Yorkers. Take a listen. That happened to a police officer. What about me and you and people, general rank and file? We are not safe. We need a lot of forces here. I, I mean, he's right. I, I, and you okay. know this guy, you know they probably had been watching him. So I was looking at the car. I'm not a cop. I'm not a, 
an attorney. I'm looking at the car these guys are driving. It's like a a new Honda sedan, but the tints alone on the car are super dark. That alone should be reason enough Isn't for cops illegal? to be pulling over this car. Isn't that huh? illegal? I think that's illegal, no? If yes, it, it's illegal. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's ways that cops can be proactive and stop these yeah. thugs from attacking people, but they're not allowed to do it because now they're not even allowed to do any traffic stops anymore. You well, know not, that, not right? The that, cops can't even congregate right. together anymore. They well, can't do what, traffic stops. Eric I mean, Adams, it's so stupid. Eric Adams said he doesn't want the cops congregating. But Lee Zeldin was yelling about this a couple of days ago. No qualified immunity for these cops. So if you commit uh, right. a, a, an act of violence, they can't do anything about I will say this. I was at an event last night. You would have loved it, Lydia. For Lee Zeldin, Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Gilpoyle, Ray Kelly, Tina Forte, a bunch of really cool people. And, and the, the speaker that I thought really drove home the issue is Lee Zeldin's lieutenant governor. And that is Allison Esposito. Folks, if you don't know her, look her up. 25 years as a top Cop, tough as nails, really, really sweet, really, really nice, tough as nails, and she really drove it home last night. That is a type of lieutenant governor New York really needs. I think a lot of communities are sick and tired of all the crime. And I saw yes. the pictures from your party. By the way, Lee Zeldin's wife is, is beautiful. Yes, His is. kids, they are so adorable. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And, you know, he... Lee Zeldin, I I, I just can't understand why anybody would vote for Hochul, especially a person in law enforcement, because not only do the cops, the NYPD cops have no more qualified immunity, meaning that if they rough up a guy because he tried to kill him or something, he could turn around and sue him and they can lose their house. They can be personally held personally liable. Now, Kathy Hochul wants to make that across the state. She wants to get rid of qualified immunity for all cops across the state. I mean, she hasn't officially done it, but she hasn't condemned it either. Why anybody in their right mind would would vote for that over-Botoxed witch is beyond me. Beyond. Beyond. Because she is such a phony, fake fraud. And all she cares about is lining her pockets. There was also a rally yesterday in the city by all the cab drivers, the Lyft and the Uber against the congestion pricing. I mean, they're going to she's destroying this city. And now I just got word that 10,000 Ukrainian migrants are coming now to New York City. We got another five busload of migrants from the border coming to New York City. We can't we can't afford this. No, we can't. And now we got to pay two thousand dollars per person for the student loan debt forgiveness crap. <laughs> That's believe. how much it's going to cost the yeah. average American. Yeah. Two thousand dollars. Why should I have to pay for your stupid debt? Who's going to pay for my mortgage? Um, not the federal government. I can promise you that. No, you listen. You're right. Uh, there's just. What if it, I say I'm indigenous? Well, go what if that. I say I'm indigenous? <laughs> Okay. Then, then, then will they pay for my mortgage? Because that's next. Maybe, but but you're right. The city, the state, the country—it's a mess. And what do the city, the state, and the country all have in common? Eric Adams, Kathy Hochul, Joe Biden—all Democrats. Don't got to be a genius to figure this stuff out, folks. It's all falling apart. The great New York and the country, and they're all run by Democrats. So whether you don't like Lee Zeldin, you don't like Donald Trump, you don't like all these other things that come along with Republicans, my proof is here are your cities and your states and this country being run by Democrats. And quite frankly, it's never been worse. Never. 
Well, look what happened in Georgia, remember? And then McConnell said, hey, you know what? You guys, you're not going to get the $2,600. And then the Democrats came in and said, yeah, yeah, you'll get the $2,600. So that's what Biden is doing here. He's trying to buy votes. That's what all they have to do because they have nothing else to stand on. They know that inflation is out of control. They know that crime is spiraling, but they don't care. They said, let's just print some money, get these people happy, let them vote for us. But what these people, the Democrat voters don't realize is they're going to end up paying for it 10 times over in the long run you know this and that's like maybe even with their lives because that's what you have to decide who like who's going to keep you alive longer who's going to keep you safe who's going to keep your kids safe and the democrats aren't going to do it because they already have all of their security they have their cops they're all armed but they want to disarm you they want to make you pay all of these taxes i mean i don't know if if hokel wins I, I I don't know what else. I don't know. Well, I, she, I, it's she like cannot, scary. I'm, we might have to move. No, we're not moving. She cannot win. As Lee Zeldin said last night at the very end of his very inspirational and powerful five to seven minute speech, losing is not an option. And I believe him. It's not an option for all New Yorkers, but these women, okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to blame it. It's it's women, like like people like my friends, people like me that live in the suburbs that are very emotional <laughs> and they friends. vote with their hearts instead idiots. of their brains. Yes, and friends. they're like, it is women. We, it's it's our fault. We're too emotional. We got to, <laughs> not all of us, but a lot of us, a it's like, you, yes, oh yes. my God, they're going to take my way. They're going to take away my rights to my reproductive system. Shut up. Don't worry. You can still kill your baby up to nine months here in New York State. Nobody's taking away your rights. Stop allowing the Democrats to gaslight you and feed you these lies and propaganda. That's what women need to understand. And I also think that a lot of the women that live in the white suburbs or in these like kind of fancy areas have like white guilt and they think by voting in these like far left regressives and socialists that are like, yeah, power to the black people and the Latinos and the indigenous and this and that, that it kind of alleviates that white guilt or something like that. No, Lee, you're right about that. Yeah. I mean, so I think I, that's I, part I, of it, too. I live in a community upstate. My mom, my mother does, actually. And they're all a bunch of white, Jewish, Long Island people. And they have signs on their lawn. Signs on their lawn. Racism doesn't live here. As if it lives in my house, by the way. So you're right. This white guilt stuff needs to stop, folks. Stop it. Because I have to tell you, at the end of the day, black people don't appreciate that. They don't appreciate you. Fine decent black people like fine decent white people they don't care but the folks that hate you they still hate you dummy so take the sign off your lawn and stop the nonsense that's right so cats at night five o'clock john katz matiti show you don't want to miss it where we actually stand for truth justice the american way that's it five o'clock cats at night great job sid by the way you're thank doing you. an amazing job uh you too lydia thank you lydia news that's on twitter at lydia news one on Instagram, and that is a great show. Her and John put on every day at 5 p.m. The great John Katsimatidis. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Bernie and Sid, we are the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in the city. And we have uh, ways... Of actually, believe it or not, we get ratings on every segment. Every segment, I swear to you. And there is not a segment all week long that does better 
in the ratings than when Bill O'Reilly comes on this show. I'm not exactly sure. And listen, he was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, as far as I'm concerned. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC or his amazing website, BillOReilly.com, his interviews, his TV shows, his columns, his killing series, Killing It Again, Killing the Killers and the Legends as well, his uh, going on the road with Donald Trump. Nobody better. The best segment of the week anywhere on WABC is happening right now with the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Well, that was quite an intro, Sid. I appreciate it very much. And uh, the check is in the mail, as they say. <laughs> it's all true, to be honest. You um, you do. The number is uh, dictated every week. You do a tremendous job on the show and throughout this radio station all week long. I want to get right to Joe Biden. He's been missing in action for weeks. Went on vacation the day after the Mar-a-Lago raid. Has not said a word about Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. Now, he finally came out yesterday and said he knew nothing Zero, Bill O'Reilly, nothing about the Mar-a-Lago raid. Something tells me you believe that. Well, I heard that there's going to be a remake of Hogan's Heroes, and (laughs) the president will be playing uh, Sergeant Schultz. (laughs) That's funny. That is a good reference. Very good. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right, you know, maybe uh, they didn't let him out of his room uh, for three (laughs) weeks in the White House. I I don't know where the guy is. All I know is... Um, when he disappears, as he has for the month of August, his ratings go up. His job approval goes up. That's when people true. don't know where he is or what he's doing, then he picks up a little bit. But no, do I believe that he didn't know anything about what Merrick Garland uh, was preparing? I do not believe that. Wow. Um, wow. I don't believe much of what uh, the White House says these days. You know, with Trump, it was interesting because Trump, he would on occasion say things that weren't true. Uh, and every time he did, I called him on, you know, he got real annoyed with me. Um, but basically, when I sat down with him, and you mentioned the four shows that we did, he answered every question. And I know because uh, a good journalist kind of knows the answer before they ask the question, they've researched, so that if someone is misleading you, particularly a powerful person, you can call them on it. Uh, that's why I admired Mike Wallace so much, because he was the best at that. So I didn't get it saying that, that, that Trump was deceiving me. You know, the big lie about the election. Hey, look, Trump believes that he got hosed. OK, that's what he believes. He might be living in a delusionary world, but he's not going out going, I know I lost. That's not what he's doing. Um, but Biden... Um, I don't think, you know, we've said this uh, before in this program, I don't think he really absorbs information well. But the concept that he didn't know the FBI was going to down to Mar-a-Lago, that's inconceivable. Right. I agree. And then he also unveiled yesterday this student loan forgiveness plan. And uh, you know how it goes, Bill. Democrats go, oh, my God, look how nice he is. He's worried about the kids. He's trying to keep people to make a ton of money in the game. And the Republicans go, what are you talking about? we got to pay this back in taxes. It's going to cost Sid Rosenberg $2,000 a year so little Jimmy doesn't pay his college debt, that irresponsible little bastard. Which one is it, Bill? Well, actually, you're going to pay a lot more um, because they're going to pile on uh, Sid Rosenberg. You know, Sid, he's got a movie now. He's got a book. He's got a successful radio show. So we're going to jack him up. Yep. 
we're going to use one of or two of the 87,000 new IRS auditors oh, God, to go no. to his house. Oh, God, no, Bill. Yeah, follow him around. <laughs> so what this is, you know, this is what I always do, which is why I think our enterprise is successful. It looks on the surface like this is just a one-timer, as they say in hockey, um, but it's not. So, number one, they announced this uh, in late August to try to get some momentum for the November elections. It's a vote buy, all right, for the younger crew. Right. Let's buy some votes. Here we'll throw out $300 million over 10 years, an enormous amount of money, by the way. Um, another three hundred million on top of all the trillions we've already given away, which has then led to inflation, and that's a tax on everybody. So let's do it again because the American people aren't paying attention. They're at the beach. They're on vacation. Uh, we'll actually trot him out there for uh, fifteen minutes, and he'll say blah, blah blah, which is what he did. But the real reason that this is in play is because the people who run the White House want to take over the educational system, just like they want the federal government to take over the economy and your self-defense and what you say and do in a department store. So this is the road to socialism. So I had Newt Gingrich on uh, my uh, broadcast last night, which everybody heard on WABC at 9 p.m., and Gingrich is a book out about, you know, socialism. And people, they, they kind of roll their eyes. So if you go on the Upper West Side and you sit in one of the cafes and there are other people that you know are loving uh, Gerald Nadler and, you know, let's have more right. crime. <laughs> but, yeah, like, well, that's what we want, yeah. but not we don't want it directed at us. We just want crime in general, and we'll go back to our little apartment because we're guarded there. But uh, those people... They just don't understand what the big picture is. And if you're a historian in every society that has gone socialist, this is the way it starts. So the government controls education, pre-K to um, a post-graduate. Um, they get that kids. They get the, you know, this is the way to go. This is what we do here. The government closes the economy. So Sid Rosenberg's making this much money, but no, we're not going to let him keep that. Mm. We're going to take it from him. And then they control the way you defend yourself. Oh, it's okay if a criminal is caught with a firearm in New York City. Um, No bail for that person. But if you, a law-abiding citizen, carry a firearm, we're going to prosecute you. Does that make sense to anybody? No. That's what's happening. Unreal. Yeah, mm. it, it's it's mm. a power imbalance. Strip the people from their personal power. Now I know that sounds a little pinheady, um, and I don't want to get you know too far down the road on this, but there is always a bigger picture behind the scenes on why this stuff happens. You know, for a guy like you, Bill, one of the reasons why you're, you're the best and always been the best is you've got a great historical reference, and uh, you've been in the game a long time. And I've asked you this before, and I'm wondering if the answer is going to change now. Uh, I'm only 55, so I was born in 67, wasn't really around, I was a baby, for the Nixon era, all those times, 68, supposedly a very, very tough year in the United States. But in my lifetime, I don't remember stuff being as bad as it is now, whether it's the educational system, uh, obviously the, the crime out of control in every city, it seems like, across America. It's never been this bad in my lifetime. 
what about you? Are you at the point now where you're about to say, yes, Sid, you're right, this is as bad as it's been? Yes, I would say that's correct. Um, the Vietnam era was pretty intense. Uh, but the difference now is a control of information flow. So back then you were reliant on uh, radio and the network news. That was it. And then the newspapers, but they were secondary. Uh, it was just a few funnels of information. Now uh, that's all broken down. And the uh, legacy corporate media has actively allied itself with the progressive left. So therefore, the progressive left, the people who want to actually blow up traditional America and change everything, they have a powerful ally and megaphone, and way more powerful than they did back in the Vietnam era when the country was split 50-50, but there wasn't this, okay, Vietnam, because of that, we want to blow up everything else in the country, we want to blow up capitalism, we want to blow up criminal justice, we want to uh, blow up social mores. We didn't have that. It was peace uh, and then sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Nice. Yes, <laughs> but it wasn't we are going to force you to live a different way. That's what we have now. We are going to force you to live a different way. And most Americans don't understand how bad this movement, this George Soros-led movement is. They want fundamental change to all of our traditions. And here's the irony of it. The traditions that we have in America, not perfect by any means, particularly toward minority citizens, have made this country the most successful and powerful country the world has ever seen. So they want to blow all that up hmm. and make us ordinary. <laughs> We're the same as France. Yep, yep. That's what they want. <laughs> and and I, I'm like Paul Revere here, and, and thank God I'm successful. Thank God. But I'm riding my little horse into Lexington going, the socialists are coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to this. In November for the midterms, unless the Democratic Party gets waxed across the board, it's going to be worse this time next year than it is now. Oh, my God. Don't say that. Well, that does bring up an interesting question, a hypothetical, if you will, Bill. If I have it my way, and I think I speak on behalf of most of our audience, Lee Zeldin wins in 2022, and Donald Trump comes back and wins again in 2024. If that plays out, you ready for this? Who's got a tougher job? Lee Zeldin saving New York or Donald Trump saving America? Well, Trump does because of the volume of people and, and the uh, resistance to him. Um, you know, look, it's impossible to predict anything right now because uh, things are changing so fast, particularly economically. Um, Zeldin could stop the madness in New York. He could just by executive order. Um, and that would be. Very, very important. But he's going to be outspent 15 to 1. And so much out-of-state money is pouring into the Hochul campaign. I mean, we're talking big, big dollars from Hollywood, from the Soros people, from all of the real progressive, because they feel they have this state just like California. 
We got New York, okay? We don't want to lose it. So this, all of this money's coming in, and I don't know if Zeldin can compete with that. So you're telling me the message, crime, all the stuff going on in this city and in this state, Rochester, Binghamton, Syracuse, Utica, Monticello, I don't care where you go, you're telling me the message goes away because Hochul has more money. It doesn't go away, but you are discounting the people who do not pay attention. Right. Okay. Is that and, the majority and, of people, Bill, the yes. overwhelming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The overwhelming majority of the American people don't know what's happening. They don't watch television news. They don't read a newspaper. And that wouldn't matter anyway because those things are all skewed to the progressives. Right. But they get their information on the Internet or from friends. And, they, you know, there's a lot of peer pressure and the, when you have that kind of money that Hogel has, they can organize in every little town in New York. Yep. And they can go to your house, which they will, and bang on your door and say, you've got to vote for this person because they'll give you. They'll give you this. <laughs> and, and that's the struggle is to enlighten people to the sense that you're voting against your own safety and self-interest if you continue the progressive madness because it's right before your eyes. You know, I went to the subway series at Yankee Stadium on Tuesday night, and it was one of the great New York experiences, 50,000 people, no brawls in the stand, nobody, you know, if you go to a giant Dodger game on the West Coast, people are knifing each other. It's true, yeah, yeah. Okay, here you had a lot of Met fans, Yankee fans, and it was good-natured, and I, I walked around that stadium. And I got a lot of attention, and 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 I was talking to Met fans and Yankee fans, and it was everybody had a great time. It was really nice. quintessential nice. Um, New York experience. Why we're the greatest city in the world? You could just see it there. But I was just thinking to myself, how many of these fifty thousand really know the danger that they're in? None. <laughs> you know, and we're not talking about the Mets don't have a good hitting catcher. Right. We're, we're talking about you can walk down the street and somebody can beat the living daylights out of you yeah. and nothing's going to happen to that person. That's true. Is this a society that you want? You've got to see it. You've got to know it. We'll do something. I would have loved to have just, in, in after America the Beautiful in Yankee Stadium, I would have liked to have gone out with a mic and go, wake up! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Uh, and, and it's good to get lost in that because I watched every game and still do. And the Mets were off yesterday, back at it against Colorado today. But, man, it just it, it's hard to get lost in those things. It was easier before when, as you say, uh, just going home from work today, you literally, it's something over dramatic, you literally uh, put your life on the line every day. I got to take a subway and a ferry. I can die, Bill, at any point, any point. And the shark, if right. the ferry sinks, you're toast. Right. Shark. That shark's going to come in and go, oh, that's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Bill, you're the best. You really are the best. Hey, folks who want to go buy your books, is there still a two-for-one deal going on right now? No, we don't have that now. Uh, we have BillOReilly.com, uh, great discounts on everything. Killing the Killer is still a bestseller. Amazing legs, they call it, in the business on that book. On September 27th, the most controversial book of the year, Killing the Legends, Elvis, John Lennon, Muhammad Ali. You can pre-order that on BillOReilly.com. And here's the deal. If you become a premium member, you get either of those books, your choice free. Oh, wow. 
That's yeah. a great deal. That's yeah. a great deal. So come on, I'm coming to your house. I'm giving you stuff. Take it. <laughs> I'm, I'm Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden in the book industry. Here, oh, here. That's great. Hey, let me tell you something, folks. It is hard to write a book, but it's really, really hard to write a great book. And Bill, you do it, and you do it time and time again. I mean, I got to say, I'm, I'm floored at the amount of books you write and how good they all are. Every one of them. Thank you, Sid. Well, Legends is really something, and it's different than Killers, obviously, because we're talking about popular history, popular culture, um, and everybody knows those three guys. And what happened to those guys is horrifying. And, um, you know, I wanted to write a whole different book than Killers. Killing the Kill is an important book on terrorism, and now we're going into popular culture. So it'll be interesting to see the reception. Uh, that we get from that book. It's going to be great. You're going to do great. It is a great book. I've read it already. Bill, I love you. Thank you for your appearance today and your continued appearances that make our show number one. Thank you so okay. much. And best to McGurk. I know you're listening, McGurk. <laughs> he is. Best and to you, man. All that, right, Sid. We'll thank talk you, Bill. Soon. All Bye. right, buddy. That's our guy, Bill O'Reilly. Bernie is listening. Bernie and Carol somewhere on Long Beach. Bill O'Reilly. They do not come better. In fact, me and Bill going to a Met game together coming up on September the 14th, the same day, I'll be on Bill O'Reilly's show promoting my book, Citizens United. Three hours in the book, still to come. Former New York Giant great Sean Landetta. Maybe Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. We're going to play Beat Sid, all that and more. Fourth and final hour, Bernie and Sid, right into this. Well, he's just an excitable If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Clarence Clements, the great saxophone player, Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, 906, fourth and final hour of today's program. Been great. Dick Morris was surprisingly good, and Bill O'Reilly's always the best. So I go to this event last night, 
Again, this Lee Zeldin fundraiser. God, I love Lee, his beautiful wife, Diana, his two beautiful daughters. I met his mom and dad. And his lieutenant governor, Allison Esposito, she is awesome. So uh, this guy, Steve Loro, and his wife, Carolyn, put this fundraiser on. Big, beautiful house somewhere by Smithtown on Long Island. And it's a great event. And, you know, you expect to see Donald Trump Jr. He was there. He spoke. He was great. Kimberly Guilfoyle, Ray Kelly. You expect to see these types of folks. Bruce Blakeman, Tina Forte, Sean Farash. But who comes walking in but my dear friend Lawrence Taylor, the greatest football player, not the best defensive player ever, I don't want to hear that. I know Tom Brady, Jim Brown, Jerry Rice, John Unitas. LT's the best player ever, period. He comes walking in. Super Bowl 25 MVP, O.J. Anderson. Stephen Baker, who caught a touchdown in that Super Bowl against the Bills. He comes walking in. And Sean Landetta. Landetta, between 85 and 92, distinguished himself as one of the greatest Giants of all time. He was a punter. I know that. But uh, if Ray Guy is in the Hall of Fame, so should Sean Landetta. Sean Landetta deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He was that good. They went on to play for like every team in the league. Rams, Eagles, I think Tampa, everywhere. But all those years with the Giants, he won two Super Bowls, and he's never really left. Goes back and forth between our state and one other. But he's really a New York guy. Every event I go to, Sean Landetta is there. He's a great friend, a terrific guy. Here he is. All-time giant great, Sean Landetta. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Sid. How are you, sir? I'm great. It was great to see you last night. Uh, It's funny, though, again, as soon as you guys walked in, I go to LT, I go, and OJ, I go, what are you doing here? There's no way in a million years you guys, A, know who Lee Zeldin is, (laughs) or B, would, would vote in any of these. And they're like, no, 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 we're friends with the owner of the house, Stephen Lauro. So, basically, that was your role last night, right, just to kind of hang out with the people and uh, that are Giant fans, but no political affiliation. Well, Steve Lohr is a great guy. You know, he, he supports a lot of people he feels good about. And, uh, you know, we like to go out there and help him when he has an event. And remember now, Otis and uh, Lawrence are huge golfers, and they right. belong to Trump National and Bedminster, and they play out there with the president and – uh, they're there a lot. So I had no oh. doubt that when I saw them that uh, I, I know how they feel about those guys. And Lee Zeldin is a really great person. I think the world of Lee and I uh, was glad to be able to help him. Wow, that's a great answer. That's right. Trump and OJ do play golf with President Trump. And I know you know your stuff, Sean. You're, you're uh, a man about town, whether it's sports, politics, entertainment. You know what's going on. But at the end of the day, you're still that great giant player at heart. You know, I introduced you by saying you should be in the Hall of Fame. Do you think about that? You know, every once in a while, I do, Sid. I've been on the ballot the last 11 years, and uh, they don't put a lot of specialists in. But at some point, they may do something to get more specialists in. Uh, they've had some different votes in the last few years, so maybe one day it'll happen. But very appreciative of you making that comment. Well, I mean it. And, you know, if you think about it, Sean, you haven't played a football game for the Giants in about 30 years. If I would have said to you 30 years ago, you would still be beloved, revered, going to events, whether they were political, entertainment, sports. You, Sean Landetta, would be a forever giant in the New York area. What would you have said then? You know, I wouldn't have thought that, Sid, but that that's just a testament to the people around here. I was so lucky to play for the Giants in an era where we had a great team. As you said, we won a couple of Super Bowls, and 
contended for a few more. And it just shows you how great the fans are here that they appreciate players that did well, stayed in the area. And, and I'm so grateful that I did play in this great city. And everybody pretty much state. I mean, I know Lawrence lives in Florida now, but Phil is a New Jersey guy. You're, you're basically here. You know, guys like Bart Oates and Brad Benson, they're still here. Joe Morris. I mean, a lot of the guys, Carl Banks, a lot of the guys, Harry, uh, that played on those teams, they really never left. No, you're right, Sid. I mean, listen, a, a lot of cities are very good to their former former players, but it's hard to top New York as far as how they treat their guys that stay. You know, again, if you played here a long time, if you were fortunate to be on championship teams, the fans, the people are appreciative that you stayed in the area. And all these years later to still be treated so nicely by the fans is really something I cherish. Well, you guys left and you screwed us because then we had a lot of years of garbage. And then, you know, Kerry Collins and Jim Bossel, they gave us uh, one really great season. Bossel gave us a couple. And then it was really rough until Eli Manning came along. And then, of course, Eli won, uh, won a couple of Super Bowls. And now it's been rough again. This is now year four of Daniel Jones at quarterback for the Giants. New coach, new GM. There's always new hope when that happens, but I think most Giant fans don't have a lot of hope. They feel like, okay, we're still rebuilding years and years and years later. They're hoping somewhere down the road it pays off. But I must tell you, Sean Landetta, Giant fans, including me, becoming very impatient. Well, I understand that, Sid. It has been a long time since there's been consistent winning, and, you know, they're trying the best their best to get it on the right track. Now, let's see what happens. This is the first time in 43 years they went outside their building to hire a GM. The last time they did that was George Young in 1979. That so went pretty well. Folks, yeah, <laughs> George, well. George Young is first draft. Phil Simms. No, I agree. He drafted Phil. He drafted Lawrence. He drafted Carl Banks. You know, you can go down the list. He signed Bart Oates and myself. Uh, there's so many guys that he brought in, and George is in the Hall of Fame because of it. So uh, let's see what happens with this new crew. Uh, they're going to give Daniel Jones one year. I know they want him to succeed, and I know he needs a little better protection. But uh, at some point, hopefully close, close sooner than later, this stuff gets turned around. Former Chief of Police Joe Esposito just sent uh, his love to you, Sean Landetti. He's such a great guy. I love Joe. But, you know, again, you you, you stay here and you love this city. I saw you with uh, Jimmy Lewitz at a Yankee game not that long ago. Saw you last night. I'm sure I'm going to see you in Deal, New Jersey next Sunday with President Trump. But um, you're, you're aware of what's going on. Not to make it political, but you see, Sean, crime everywhere, dirt homeless, filth, crazies running the street, and very few people are paying the price for their criminal actions. As a guy that's now been a New Yorker for a long time, that doesn't break your heart? You know, it is awful to see, Sid. I mean, we all saw how wonderful things had been 2015, 2017, 2019. Uh, things in New York City were as great as ever, and it's just terrible to see how things are now and you know, for the life of me, like most of us, we just can't understand how, uh, you know, criminals are being let go, uh, not paying a penalty for what they're doing. But hopefully at some point soon we can get it turned around. And I believe things will get back to the way it was because uh, the people in this city are just magnificent. Who do you think or what do you think gets turned around quicker, the city or the Giants? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Well. Uh, you know, for for millions and millions of people, I, I hope it's the city. But, uh, 
you know, certainly I want to see the Giants starting this year get back on the winning track. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed and see how that goes. Well, again, you mentioned Daniel Jones. This is it. This is uh, the last year for him. If he plays well, they'll resign him, I'm sure. He'll be the guy to go to. If not, they have no more uh, obligations towards him. They did not pick up the option for next year. So clearly he's kind of the key to the puzzle. But it's not just him. They need a defense to play better. They need Saquon Barkley to regain some of the form he had as a rookie. A Pro Bowl wide receiver like Kenny Galladay to step up and play well. An offensive line to finally protect Daniel Jones. So a lot of pressure on the quarterback, as you know, Sean. But truth be told, it is a team effort. And there's a lot of parts on that giant team the last couple of years. Besides the quarterback, that has not been very good. Do you see, in terms of roster players and the new scheme, those things improving in this season? I definitely see them improving. Now, sometimes, ironically, sometimes your record may not be uh, better, even though you're improved. I know the bottom line is ones and losses, but you mentioned something before that is so true. It's a team effort. Just to give people an idea, you know, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. You know, every superlative he deserves. But in his playoff games that he's played in his career he's had a top 10 defense 88 percent of the time okay just to give you an idea Peyton Manning in all the playoff games he played in had a top defense about 15 percent of the time right you know how many times Patrick Mahomes has had a top 10 defense in all of his playoff games never not one time right what I'm trying to say is no knock against Tom he's the greatest but it's the team effort, as you said. You need an offensive line. Giants' offensive line was ranked 31st in the league. That's pretty tough to be a good quarterback behind. So great point you brought up before about it being a team thing. By the way, uh, that defense that Tom Brady had all those years in New England, led by their head coach, Bill Belichick, who folks don't know this, we're not a sports station, that was your defensive coordinator all those great years with Bill Parcells with the Giants. No, it was, uh, you know, and you want to talk about Bill Belichick for a second. I think in a 34-year span, think about this, a 34-year span, the teams he was on went to the conference championship game 17 times. Yeah, you, you listen, you know, you know, Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, Paul Brown, Tom Landry, any one of these uh, you know, bigger-than-God-like figures, you're still going to have a hard time convincing me Bill Belichick may not be the best of all time. No, listen, I mean, if you look at his body of work, uh, this guy's been in the NFL 48 years, and uh, he's moving up the ladder. The Super Bowls he's won. He's done it where he's lost players. Sure, we understand he had Brady, but uh, uh, it's pretty amazing. Think of that stat again. I'm talking with four different teams. Wow. Four different teams. Half the time. He was in the championship game. <laughs> that says a lot. Hey, listen, uh, it was great seeing you last night. You're always great. Danielle loves you, too. Thank you for uh, coming on this morning. Let's talk more now once football gets underway. Let's get you on more often. I know Murray Bauer is listening this morning, another fan of Sean and Sid. And uh, you stay well, Sean. I'll see you and talk to you again very, very soon. Thank you for having me, Sid. Great uh, talking to you. You, too. Thank there, you. There he is, the great Sean Landetta. He was there last night. Supporting Lee Zeldin, along with Lawrence Taylor, O.J. Anderson, Stephen Baker, a, a bunch of former great Giants. We'll take a, a short break. More of Bernie and Sid right after this.
Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, every day, I go into the New York Post, and I read um, Cindy Adams, and I get mad at her every day. Every day. I get mad at her. But you guys were uh, buddy-buddy. Oh, no, we're lovers. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say that. We haven't physically made love, but we're lovers. Yeah. Um, But I'm mad at her every day. Every day. And then then I come to the realization that I'm being... um, This is going to sound crazy for Sid, I know, but I'm being a little over the top. I have no reason to be mad at her. And you say, well, Sid, why would you be mad at Cindy Adams in the first place? I'm going to tell you. Because she writes about all these people, and some of them are, in fact, newsworthy. Some of them are very famous. And some are, um, uh, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying. Um, But the reason why I personally get angry with Cindy is I am still yet to, and by the way, Cindy wrote a column about me. I was in Los Angeles filming that movie Gemini Lounge. I'm not sure you were here yet, Lewis. And Corey Zelnick sends me a text at 3 in the morning in L.A. He goes, you're famous. I go, now what? Cindy Adams writes this whole column, which she actually titled Mornings with Sid. And she did a whole story on the Bernie and Sid show. And it was really nice. And I was like, wow, Cindy Adams wrote about me. But now... The book is coming out in, in two weeks. I've already doing. I'm doing book signings. I'm doing shows, and everybody's making a big deal. I can't believe it. It's surreal to me. They're making a big deal about my book. They really are. Everybody, and Cindy Adams hasn't written a word. So every day I look and I go, oh, another day. And then it occurs to me that she wants to write about my book. She's even called me about the book, but she wants me to drop off a copy of the book. At her apartment. At what time? Well, this is like that Patrick Dempsey movie when he delivered pizza oh, and ended up staying. It's a great movie. <laughs> I know. should have gotten more attention than it deserved, <laughs> you know, know. deserved much more. What, what was that movie? It was great. It was funny. It was, um, it he was, was a chigolo. Um, he was delivering pizza. Um, uh, B-movie pizza guy. Now, whatever it was. Whatever yeah. Who knows? So I have to drop off the book at her apartment, and I just haven't done it. So it's not her fault. It's my fault. But I find it easier just to be mad at her every day, you know. I hear there's Does nice that make sense? Late, late night snacks I hear in her house, so that's, you should figure that out. Consider it. She lives in a beautiful apartment. I can't give away where it is, but it's beautiful, and it's very close to the studios. But I'm just, I, I just, I think about going there at like this time every day, like nine thirty, and then I just go right to the ferry. I, I don't know why. I, I just, I got, I got, I have to stop by. Then she'll write about the book, and when Cindy Adams writes about your book. You become a monster star. Monster. What, are you just going to surprise her? Yes. Oh. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I say the percentage and chance of that happening is? Zero? Yeah. Well, but you would have said the percentage and chance of Cindy calling me last week to thank me for talking nicely about her and asking about the book would be zero, too. And you'd be wrong. No. Because she didn't. I wouldn't have said zero. Oh, really? No, I wouldn't. Now, why is that? Because I, I I just know you better than I know her, and I would have guessed, yeah. But she call called you. me, sweetheart. Well, she called me. I didn't call her. Well, it's clear she loves you. It is? Of course. Yeah. Well, how come she hasn't written about the book? 
Well, she, she might be a little busy. <laughs> I don't know. It's on her list, probably, yeah. you know. I got to drop the book off. Hey, Phil, I can't even do it. I can't send somebody. Because I was, was going to say, Kevin Drosh, he records with Cindy. I know. He's very time, close with her. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, Kevin Drosh does Cindy's show. He does a Joan Hamburg's show. He does all those shows. He's yeah. a great guy. But does Kevin go to her house ever? Yeah. Yes. He's at her house all oh, the my time. God. Really? Yes. He's bringing best stuff friends. over. Yeah. What is he? Get him in the studio, please. Right. Get, right. get yeah, Kevin Drosh. I can't imagine this. Folks don't know who Kevin Drosh is. He's uh, one of our, I guess he's a producer, right? Yeah, he's probably, the, he's in charge of the week. He's a great sure. kid. Yeah, he's he very is. smart. He's hilarious. Too. He's fat, but he's cool. He's hilarious. Where, where is, uh, fat, cool. yeah, whatever. <laughs> Shut up. I didn't say that. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how's it going, sir? Frankie just called you fat, by the way. That's horrible. <laughs> I know. Uh, first of all, you're a great guy. Thank you. And you're very talented, very smart. What do you wear when you go to um, Cindy Adams' house? Uh, typically, you know, uh, pants, uh, shirt. <laughs> I don't understand you know, that. But is there, socks? Is, Until is, when? <laughs> is there a dress code? I mean, what, what, how, when you show up, what, what is the the hello like, for example? Well, you know, when I go there, I pretty much just get a standard uh, critique of my outfit. And at right. this point, I've learned to accept it. Um, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Then what do you do? You just sit there, and, and where are you exactly in this palatial apartment of hers? I sit in a very fragile chair next to her <laughs> desk that I've warned her one day I'm going to collapse the entire thing. Of course you and are. And she's going to have to help me off the floor. Oh, my. She which can't is going to be a you. disaster. How could she help you off the floor? Let's be honest. You know, it's <laughs> like, like one of those. pounds. She's like 80 pounds soaking It's wet. like when a woman lifts the car up off her, off her child. That does you know? happen. You're right. You're right. They get that extra adrenaline, and they do save lives. You're right. So how long would you say you're there on these uh, occasions? Anywhere from an hour to two. Oh, my. Does she ever cook you anything? Or Sometimes we, uh, we would share a tuna sandwich. Roast you cheese. share the sandwich? Well, you know, it's a big sandwich. You split it in half. Next to each other? We sit at the, uh, the, the little uh, luncheonette. And she talks to you? Yeah. Like about a great conversation. She ignores him. No, no, no but what, like, what is, like, what does she talk? Like, she, to me, she's like, I'm close with Cindy. I guess, but she's like the female version of Imus sometimes. So when you guys are sitting there, like, give me a give me a, a typical conversation between Kevin Drosh and Cindy Adams. Well, she's a wealth of information. Every yeah, celebrity on earth she's met. Right. So if like somebody's in the news, one time when Meatloaf died, I was like, "Did you ever meet Meatloaf?" And she was like, "Yeah, he came over here for lunch." And I was like, "Well, that's awesome. Shocker. Tell me about that." He's about four hundred pounds. Right. And uh, so this is what the conversations are basically. Yeah, we talk about life. You know, she's a she's a very nice conversation. When you walk lady. in, does she kiss you alone or like on the cheek? I mean, you know, something. No, no, no. no. See, so, you know, we 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 you know try to practice uh, you know good COVID <laughs> protocol. Oh my god! Now, do you go to the bathroom in her apartment? Uh, yes, I have once. Or twice. Oh my god, that's so weird. One time, I asked. I said, when uh, when when what? you have like big celebrities over, do they use the same one as I do? And uh, the answer is actually yes. You know, she she keeps uh, she's begging for Chad. This is weird, but she wants Chad Lopez, our fearless operator, to shower in her. Have you heard this? Yeah, I'm gonna leave that one alone. Yeah, I she's think. actually yeah. she's actually said because I guess one time, what's his name? Uh, the guy who played uh, Morrison in the movie The Doors, Val Kilmer. He took a shower in her apartment. She's like, now I want Chad Lopez to do that. Why? I don't know. Has she asked you, Josh? I have not been asked to take a shower uh, yeah. in anyone's apartment, actually, besides my own. <laughs> Maybe you should show up sweaty one day and <laughs> just, see what she does. Yeah, see what she says. Yeah. Well, when are you going back over there? <laughs> uh, tomorrow. Well, I, I need to get Cindy Adams a book, my book, so she'll write about it. So, oh, so absolutely. I, if I give it to you, you'll take it over? Yeah, and one copy for me, no big deal. Okay. All right. Well, um, make sure that you see me at some point tomorrow. What time are you going over there? 
Uh, right around one. All right. I guess I got a card and stuff, right? I should do something. I don't know. Yeah, make it nice. <laughs> make it <laughs> no, nice. Don't write anything. <laughs> Donuts or something. I don't know. All right. Well, listen, that, that is a very important discussion we just had. And you're going to help me out in a big way tomorrow. So thank you very, very much. Anytime, Sid. Now, tomorrow, when you, when you talk to you, talk about me. Of course. Right. And what would you say exactly? He's just a terrific guy. You know, <laughs> what a, a great author. I get Love out, the I get, book. I get out. You, you, you sound a lot like me, Kevin, when I first started on the program. <laughs> and now look at me. I'm, oh, you know, calling him an airhead on no, a pretty daily basis. Kevin's a good kid. You no, know, he's a great guy. Not that you're not a good kid. You're a good kid, too. I taught right? him everything he knows. Is that right? Yeah. Kevin, did Justin teach you anything? I don't know about that. No, nothing, right? Nothing. Pretty much. I, everything he taught me, I had to forget because it was the wrong information. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Kevin Drosh. There he is, folks, one of our fine producers. And uh, he gets Joan. He gets uh, all the weekends, right? Janine. Yeah, he's, he's responsible for the whole weekend. Yeah. He does a great job. He does a great the job. The weekend programming is And I got to tell you, the weekends are a lot more difficult. Uh, yes. They're a lot more jam-packed than when I was on the weekend. So, so he's it, got a lot more so Kevin, load. You produce there. every single show? Every single show on the weekend, yep. Wow. Music, radio, talk radio, you name it. Do, do, do you get credit, like, from John and Chad? Do, do they know who you are even? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> they have no idea who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's that kid downstairs? Is that Frank or Justin? or <laughs> Which one is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for your service, uh, Kevin. Thank you. You're a great American. Thank you. All right. Take it away, Justin. (laughs) Oh, I got to do this thing now for you. That'll be good. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. All right. I'm even getting sick of myself at this point. It's getting ridiculous. Yeah, that's unanimous now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're back at you, Lewis. My God. Well, I, uh, I am Justin Alec here, hosting uh, the uh, special edition of the Beat Sid Peerless Boilers Beat Burning Contest, sponsored by uh, Peerless Boilers. Oh, my God. I just, wow. My, <laughs> I think I just had a uh, conniption. A, uh, so pe- Yeah. Yeah. My God. It's a heart attack. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water. Here, just go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers, and that is a certified fact. David, in New City, he's a teacher. What's going on, Dave? Nothing, nothing. Just enjoying the beautiful day off. Oh, day off. How about that? Oh, yeah. You're not back at school yet. When do you guys start? Uh, we start day after Labor Day. I did summer school, so I didn't really have much, you know, early summer, but this is a nice two-week break. That is nice. So, okay, cool. How does summer school work? Is that five days a, five days a week, or is that like uh, every other day? We did four days, which a little longer each day rather than the shorter five day, just to, you know, not have that Friday traffic. Ah, and what's the stigma with that? Are those like, are those the misbehaved kids? Is that like, because that's how it is in movies and stuff. No, you know what? A lot of kids were early morning and they didn't pass because, you know, to get in by 730 was tough for them. So uh, most of the kids were first period failures from the school year. Gotcha. So let's drop that misconception, America. My God. All right, Dave, uh, you're going to have a chance to beat Sid today. A little bit more sports pop culture oriented. Do you think you're ready to go? Yes. All right, here we go. Number one, who was the oldest man to win the Masters tournament? Phil Nicholson. Oh, Philly won it back when he was just a young buck. Jack Nicholas, he was 46 when he won his last green jacket over one. Let's bounce back here, Dave. Number two, which event happened first? Was it A, the Pyramids of Giza being built, B, Buddha being born in the Shakya Republic, or C, 
pants being invented? Oh, let's say the first one, the Giza was... Oh, wait, pants being invented. David, what are you doing to yourself? You had it. You had it in your grips. They invented pants already? No. No. The correct answer was A, David. Pyramids of Giza being built, 2570 B.C. Buddha was between 563 and 480, and pants were invented around 600 B.C. So, uh, tough question, but you had it. You had it in your grips. Here we go. Number three, over two. Who is the only punter to ever make two NFL all-decade teams and not be inducted into the Hall of Fame? Oh, boy. Uh... You were listening earlier. You, you got no. I, I was listening from six to seven, and then I missed from. Oh. Or at some point, I missed some. Uh, let's say Hunter. Landetta. Oh. Okay. Hell of a guess. I knew he was going to be a guest. I knew he was going to be a guest. There you go. There nice. you go. Nice. Very good. One for three. On to number four. AM radio call signs begin with either of what two letters? W. Or. Oh, which two? Uh, K. Very good. Two for four. You're hot. Number five. Yeah. Two NBA players are tied for the most defensive player of the year awards with four apiece. Name one of them. You said NFL? NBA. NBA. Offensive players of the year? Defensive. Defensive. Oh, uh, let's go with uh, ben, Wall- uh, ben Wallace. Oh. <laughs> Was, uh, you were gonna, you were gonna do it to yourself again, there, Dave. You were gonna do it to yourself again. Uh, like ben Wilson, Ben something. I no, was like ben you Wallace had it, you had it, man. Nice, nice drop, three for five. Especially after getting right, you went over two at the start. Yeah. Bounce all the way back at the last three, right? That's a good score, three for five. Uh, we'll keep you on hold here for a couple minutes, and you get to talk to the big guy here on the back end, okay? Awesome, great. Right. Hello. Hi. How are you? Well, I'm not feeling great. Well, this is very no, trivial. No, I shouldn't say that I feel great. I don't sound great. I keep saying the same no, thing. No, how did your voice get better? Yeah, you literally sounded like better? yourself. Yeah, yeah, it got better. The last hour and a half. You literally yeah. sound like Sid Rosenberg. Right. I don't know. I, I'm hoping, honestly, tomorrow's Friday. I got to get through the week. I got to be here. I mean, especially when Bernie's not. Okay. Well, now you got the voice of a guy who yeah. owns a porn magazine. Yeah. Before, you didn't have anything. That's me. You're like, yeah. a, you're like <laughs> yeah. a hot tamale. <laughs> right. All right, yeah. Well, hopefully okay. I can make it tomorrow. I Take don't know. that what? bottle of honey with you, please. <laughs> All right. I'll well, put it back in the kitchen. No, we got a spare. We already handled that. We had All a spare right. one in the kitchen. Yeah. Are you skeeved everyone. out because I put it in my mouth? Yeah. No, really? I think no. everyone who would be in this vicinity would be skeeved I, out about I that. disagree with the you. The only option we have at this point is to boil it down. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's plastic. It's <so. laughs> an idiot. God. I'll play the game. Let's go. God. Here we go. You got to get four right to win today's game. Yeah. Dave went two for five. <laughs> Ew. Number one, who was the oldest man to win the Masters tournament? The oldest man? Yes. Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholas. How about that? For both of 46 years yeah. old. Yeah, how about that? I was going to say. Oh, my God. You, yeah. know, you know your stuff. Look what Honey does. And you see, see that? And I won't forget a few months ago, he actually got the color of the green j- jacket wrong. That was I one of the yellow, questions. He said wall last yeah. night. Yeah. Because I confused it with the Hall of Fame jacket. Yeah. I got so many people on my social media. They're like, man, you look am-. And I did. I looked, I looked amazing last night. Mm-hmm. Mm, I was right. so far and away the most striking, best-looking guy in that crowd. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wasn't even close. You're humiliated. Yeah, yeah, you're humiliated. Yeah. Humble. <laughs> humble yeah. Too bad Cindy Adams wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was Cindy it. when I needed her last night? Cindy Adams, baby. Where were you? I had a good disc lined up. Somebody said I should actually drop off the book at Cindy's apartment wearing just my yellow jacket. 
Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't think <laughs> yeah. I don't think she would take <laughs> kindly to no, that. No, probably not. No. Right. The doorman would let me in anyway. I would imagine. You could sit in one of those fragile yeah. chairs. You could sit. <laughs> don't sit in my chair from Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one for one. Number two. Which event happened first? A. The pyramids of Giza being built. B. Buddha being born in, in the Shakya Republic. Oh, or C. Pan, pants being invented. <laughs> Pants being invented? Yeah, that's option or Buddha, C. Or what was the first one? Pyramids of Giza being built, Buddha be, or B, Buddha being born you in Shaka Republic. You should add to that, not to upset Joe Nolan, Jets winning a Super Bowl. Oh, 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 oh. oh that's a good one, I know. Thank you. Mike Breen, he screwed me. Uh, I'm going to go with, yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, Buddha. No. Wrong, you two pants? back of Anthrax no. Jesus. No. Pyramids. Pyramids. Yeah. yeah, I knew that. Pants were invented around 600 BC. I knew that. Before that, they just Joseph ran around naked. Joseph was there. You yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take some of the stitching right here. Yeah. Fresh linen. All right. Uh, what do you got? Uh, you're one for two. Cool. Number three. Who's the only punter to ever make two NFL all-decade teams and not be inducted into the Hall of Fame? Sean Landetta. How about that? Who's the only punter in the Hall of Fame? There's only one. I oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, guy. I said a red guy. No. Uh, uh, yes. No, you know, yes. We know. Yes. The, the, stop right there, the old guy. Yeah, just stop right there. Oh. Ray guy is correct. Yes, Louis. Yeah. Very good. Yes, Phil. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I thought I had him. Here we go. Number four. <laughs> two for three. AM radio call signs begin with either what two letters? You want to say that again, Joe Biden? AM radio call signs begin with either of what two letters? W. Or? You said one of the two letters. Either begin with either of what two letters? I Q. guess. I guess. Q. No, Q. it's it's, it's no, H, H. No. Uh, it's W. Just give me the goddamn answer, right? Oh, and move my on. God. K. Okay. Right. As in, let me kick you in the ass. Okay. I don't know how the English language works. I don't <laughs> even know if we give that to him. <laughs> yeah. If I get it right, I got W. All right. We'll keep that up one up in the air. Yeah, no, I got What do you mean? I know I got it right. I know, but he got both of them. David got both of them. Who did? David. Oh. The contestant. He's smart. So if you guys tie, he wins. Okay, fine. Okay? I, I just don't care. All right. Yeah. You are three for four. <laughs> right. You need to get this right to just win. Just ask the damn question. All right. Two NBA players are tied for the most defensive player of the year awards with four apiece. Name one of them. All time? I can't even look at your face. There's something wrong with you. I swear to God. I, I'm just I can't, tell, I'm, I can't I'm, tell what it is. I know. I'm picking nuts out of my teeth again. <laughs> you can't look at it. That's for sure. Don't look. I'm going to go with, um, that's a hard one, four defensive player of the year? Yes. It's got to be a center. Mm. It's got to be. Yep. Could be Jordan, though, too. He was quite a defender. I'm going to go with um, Wilt Chamberlain. Mm. You son of a gun. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. They didn't have this defensive Michael player Michael Jordan. Dennis Rodman. No. Ben Wallace or Dikembe Mutombo? Oh, Ben Wallace, yeah. And Dikembe, okay. Yeah. There you go. That's a horrible question. So uh, it, It's a pretty good question, I think. I mean, it, it's it's interesting to know that, yes. Yeah. But no one would get that. Not even Mike Breen. I would have gotten it. You would have gotten it? I, well, the contestant got yeah, it. Yeah, I guess we got it. David got it? Yeah. yeah. Which ben one did Wallace. he get? Which one? Ben Wallace. Wallace. Oh. Hey, Dave, that's a good job, bro. Thank you, thank you, sir. You, you're awesome, man. Uh, thank I you. Even, I can't, I can't even describe what this feels like right now. Really? Big fan, big fan. Yeah. And you're from New City. Yes. You know, yeah. my family lives there. I've been over that a million times, so you know that already. I know. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever bumped with them at Shoprite or anywhere, but you know. But uh, David's Bagels. 
Yeah, oh, yes, right there. And also, what's the place, Dave? Uh, uh, Rockland Bakery. Oh, beautiful. Isn't yeah. that a great place? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like 3 a.m. back in the day, you walk in, they didn't care. That's right. You know, That's right. Oh, so My nice. sister used to live, there was a um, a Bradley's off of Congress, yeah. I think. You know that place? Yeah, Bradley's, the old school Bradley's. Yeah, yes, by the McDonald's. yes. Yeah. She lived on yeah, King's Highway. Right, right half a mile away in the new city condominiums. Oh, that's beautiful, beautiful. And you're a teacher? Yeah, I teach in the Bronx, high school. I uh, did summer school. Now I got, you know, a couple of weeks till till we start up again, or actually a week, week and a half. But gotcha. Okay. I'm enjoying it. Well, listen, thank you for uh, the kind words. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for playing. God bless you, David. You sound like a wonderful guy. And uh, we'll yeah. talk again very, very soon. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, okay. We, we push. No problem. Okay. Take care, Dave. We did push. Uh, but he won. Uh, keep him on hold. Send him the money anyway. I'm in a good mood today. Send him the money. You hear me? Phil. <laughs> yes, I can't hear anything but you. Yes, I hear you. All right. Stop this. You know, I'm very fragile right now. Stop yelling at me. Take please. some honey. I'm going to take some honey, go to break, come back, and wrap it up. Feed right. Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning. I walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, I love this. Howard Jones... Folks, that's going to do it. I did the best I could today. You guys deserve it. And um, I keep showing up. So. And uh, Phil, you did a great job today helping out. Oh, well, thank you. What did you do exactly today? Do I need to list all my uh, my whole... No, just know, list one. One will be good. One. Uh, yeah. Brought you the honey. Oh, thank you. The honey. I brought you the honey. You you the honey. All right. Justin, you were great today hosting Thanks. the game, doing sports. He sterilized the honey. Yep. Yes, he did. Yep. Louis, you're always great. I mean, come on. Yeah, Lou Rafino's the best ever. I don't want honey. Frankie Diaz and uh, Kevin Drosch made his debut on the show today. Did great. Deb Valentine is always great. Good to see Jacqueline and uh, Chris Libertini. We had great guests today, right? Everybody did a tremendous job. Sean Landetta, Bill O'Reilly, always the best. And Dick Morris. Was really good today. Really good. Check out uh, Dick. You act like you're surprised. <laughs> you can't, you can't, that's not a good pause. Let me rephrase that. Check out Morris. Sundays at noon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home. I'm going to drink some honey. And hopefully I'll feel better. Uh, eat some honey. Whatever it is. I don't know. Hopefully I'll feel better tomorrow. I do want to be here. And then uh, we get back next week. Winding down the summer. Leading up to Labor Day. Hopefully Bernie's back on Monday. But um, we keep going at you, folks, and you guys are great. Last night, all you folks, 600 of you, could not have been nicer. I really felt it. Andrew Giuliani said yesterday, you go out on the, on the trail and you hear Bernie and Sid every day. When I go out on the streets or these events, it is just unbelievable. I mean, people shake. Like that caller just now, Sid, oh, my God, you don't understand. It's, it's surreal for me, but it really is uh, humbling, and I appreciate it. I really do. And that's why I get up in the middle of the night and come here every, every morning. To uh, hopefully entertain you guys, provoke you guys, make you think. And uh, when Bernie's here, it's even better. But regardless, somebody will be here tomorrow. I promise you that. So enjoy your Thursday here in New York City. 
till 6 a.m. tomorrow morning from all of us to all of you. Hi, Maureen Walsh. Peace.